This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Cookie Nurse of Ultros, X Sucky No Sucky of Goblin, and Seance Sensei of Exodus. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Take your sword skills to the next level with the official Xenos-approved Kofefe Samurai. Take your clothes off. Juxtaposition. I don't get it. Escalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. Limitbreakradio.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Here comes the good shit. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Appreciate having you along. We are excited to be here today. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, some people thought I, I sounded sad when I w- introduced the show today. Well, I, don't know, I don't know what that was. I mean, I mean you, you are sad, usually. Uh, just, I mean, about everything in general and yeah. nothing in particular. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. that's true. But the other thing is, is uh, I think the other week I may have I may have strained my voice because it started going out on Wednesday, and that that Boy, was sure did. oh that was frustrating. And, and we we've already ruled out the return of mono, right? I, no, we haven't totally ruled that. I have been sleeping a lot. You, I'm not gonna you lie. You haven't been kissing weird Tinder girls, have you? Nope. Okay. Sure haven't. All right. No weird Tinder guys. No. Oh, okay. Oh, I although I mean, they, you know, <laughs> no gender no dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Is there Tinder for dogs? <laughs> I hope so. If there's not, there will be shortly. Why do you hope so? That's a weird thing to hope for. That is my, a really weird thing to hope My for. corgi just swiped right. That's I weird. I worry for your sanity at this point. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We are live from Aorzea. Let's kick it on over to our Aorzean studios. Thanks for joining us live in Aorzea. You can join us uh, on the Sergeant Tannis if you on the Sergeant Tannis server if you like. That's uh, the Goblet of Fifth Ward plot number thirty, and uh, you can do like uh, this gentleman is doing and uh, give us weird lap dances that no one wants, like unwanted. Nobody wants that those. unwanted lap dances. Ugh. I, 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 it looks more like he's shitting on you. What? I mean, she's not wrong. Who's lap? Uh, Juxtas. I'm oh, not, yeah. God. Yeah, I'm not. All right, that's fine. I'm not really sure. Well, Juxta might be paying for that. We don't know. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not let, true. <laughs> let's oh, ask Juxta's him. Here. Yeah, because he's here. Uh, Juxta joining us uh, over uh, Zoom today, and uh, which is unfortunate because you can't you can't drop drops over Zoom. No, I can't. So I don't know what I'm going to do with myself this whole episode. Just, you know, you can just play them off YouTube into your mic. No, he might have to. No, don't, don't do that. Way. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I need, I need to ask something because 
Um, Juxta, you you write some of these uh, opening uh, bits that... Yeah, does nobody watch the fucking news? Uh, no. Or at we, least Twitter. I, I, I just... It. Yeah, but I mean, like... I have to go back and look at it, though, because I couldn't understand what he was saying. You, could, you couldn't have even, like, finished off... Like, like, you didn't even explain to him how to read it. Like, it was just... Like, I'm, I'm sitting here... I mean, I'm glad that the chat room got it. Somebody had to. But, like, I don't know. I feel like you're phoned it in on this one. Well, I'm sorry. I guess I kind of assumed that uh, my colleagues would be up on the news. Considering no, how we understand what Kafefe is, but yeah, it, no, no, it no. wasn't it even just, a full sentence. Like, at least the Daily it Show it didn't even read. Like, that is the point. Trump's tweet was not a full sentence. Uh, yeah. It just didn't, it exactly didn't even. I don't know. Do I have to explain the entire joke to you people? It, it was just a bad joke. It. It like, didn't like, read. Like, this read. is something that a Scalia would have came up with. Didn't scan. It didn't scan in the room. Sorry, bud. That was a swing. That was a swing in the mess. I may, I may have to, I may have to, to take this, you know, this responsibility onto myself. Well, you're not going to do it. No, (laughs) no. That just means we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, that's pretty much. That's exactly what that means. Is that those, those suddenly go away. Anyway, yeah, exactly. Nobody is nearly as talented as I am when it comes to these things. So, hey, I was defending you, but I'm not going that far. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Appreciate uh, having you along. Uh, we, you know, we're excited uh, to uh, to talk about uh, something exclusive. You know, we we've had the Patreon T-shirt for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really cool because uh, it, you know, seeing a um, you know, first of all, the image that Max V did for us uh, was was super incredible, and uh, we appreciated her hard work. But now, uh, you know, we we've been kind of considering what to do for our next uh, you know another t-shirt um and uh, you know uh, we we've thought about uh d- you know should we should we do it as like a patreon exclusive should we do another i mean and and we should we i think eventually we're going to do another tier of mm-hmm. of patreon stuff but um you know a lot of other streamers uh will um use this service called t fury and uh, they do some really Teespring. cool spring or Teespring, Sorry, Teespring. And uh, they do some really cool uh, like limited runs of li- stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. And uh, so we, we decided, you know what? We're going to get in on that racket. That's right. Yeah, we uh, reached out to our friend Apple Nectar. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring you something that was very limit break radio. Right. Right. That, that, that really reached to the core of who we are. And at the same time, we wanted to, uh, I think, fully canonize one of our, I think, uh, characters that maybe he hasn't really gotten the kind of uh, spotlight that he deserves. Right. I mean, like you, you spend you spend long enough in the limit break radio uh, Twitch chat and and you'll eventually under come to understand and love the rump cock the rump cock the rump cock is That's right. uh is 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 is, is it, you know like not many people understand what it what it is when they see that little green little goblin that little blobby thing that little blob uh-huh but it's definitely become like one of the you know the way that people show love is through rump cock right. he's, he's our mascot now. yeah mm-hmm. if there was ever going to be a mascot of lbr it would be him yeah. that's right well he now represents the first division in the lb army that's right so just to give you guys a, a preview here 
This is the patch for the LB Army First Division Rumpcock Battalion. Battalion. And Battalion. Uh, we're going to be offering this exclusively through Teespring. Yep, that's right. So um, I don't know how that whole campaign thing works. Uh, we will figure it out. But well, we we'll, we'll have more information mm-hmm. on yep. it. Uh, depending on how well this goes, though, if it's well received, we might be looking to create additional, you know, branches of the LB Army and giving you guys a chance to sort of represent, you know, uh, you know, different different sorts of uh, of our characteristics, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are one of the LB Army tried and true, then uh, be on the lookout for more information about the uh, Teespring campaign that we're going to be doing. And you can get the official Rumpcock Battalion T-shirt. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, not this week. Not this because week. Because we have to savor this and you have to want it. LBR Rump, 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 Oh good. LBR Rump, Oh good. LBR Rump, Oh god. No, leave it to Ryuichi. For Yeah. Thanks. Jesus. Thank you. That was that was a little bit excessive, but okay. LBR. We like your enthusiasm. Anyway, um, so, uh, last week when, uh, you know, we, we were talking about, uh, live letter, what is it? 35? Was it 35? I think it was 35. I, that sounds 30 right. million. Um, you know, we got a lot of, oh, resp- I heard you guys had a great show. We got a big, <laughs> big response from, uh, the audience calling in. Um, a lot of people had, uh, had a lot of varying opinions. Uh, we heard from, uh, Joe never on that episode. And uh, we're going to continue that conversation here today because, uh, you know, we only got about halfway through the notes. And then this week, we actually saw the embargo lift from the uh, media tour, the Stormblood media tour. So, uh, white mage can BTFO, astrologians for life. Oh, and hashtag mute juxta. Oh, wait, DXLBR rump. Okay. Wait, what is BTFO? I don't, I don't really know. Can bitch the fuck out? <laughs> Beat the fuck off? <laughs> Interesting. That is hardcore masturbating. All right. Um, <laughs> sort of like what this Lollafell's doing right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Can we just not mention him ever? Um, it's kind of hard because the camera focuses on him a lot. Wow, Anero yeah. just said he's kind of hard from that Lollafell. <laughs> Creepy. The, the idol cam favors people who are doing movements and he's non-stop moving i know i know and the fun thing is is that um it's it, the the software is having a tough time keeping up so uh yeah, we, we, were, we were having some frame rate issues because the way that we set up uh our, our stream to do the show is uh so it minimizes the amount of heat being produced in the studio so um thanks guy whoever you are uh for really disrupting everything and if uh there's you know frame rate loss that's your fault so um appreciate that anyway uh so yeah uh be on the lookout for uh that teespring campaign uh we'll have more information about that next week uh again uh yeah the uh the uh embargo lifted on the uh uh stormblood um early access yeah the stormblood media tour yeah and uh so uh yeah we're gonna talk to fusion x just following the news to uh get some uh get some feedback about what you know hands-on for that was like so i love uh, that no one believes us when we say we have a guest anymore we do though i know do, but no one (laughs) believes when we say it everyone's like all right 
I mean, I it's not as good as our last guest, but I mean, we'll make it do. This I isn't guess. a special few, guest. It's just a guest. Few things are as good as our last guest. I mean, to be honest, he was fucking amazing. Okay, our last guest was actually NPC, so don't. Oh yeah, yeah. No, okay. Oh, it, then no, all, of, all, still stands. all of that praise still stands. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, but less sarcastically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we just mean just it. just take the eye rolls out of there, and then you'll you'll figure that you'll be about really where we feel. Anyway, yeah, we've actually had a really good run of guests up until now. So, huh? I guess we had to break the streak sometime. Rude, uh, rude. Anyway, uh, two weeks remain until the release of Stormblood. I don't know if we're gonna make it, guys. No. This is it. This is the last episode. We're done. We well, thank God we have E3 well, because... Well, I saw my, car, my credit card was charged, so we better not be done. Anyway, um, so, yeah, no. Uh, two weeks left until Stormblood. Yeah, people are uh, getting excited, and uh, rightfully so. Uh, early access starts just the other side of E3. Can we just have the battalion patch on a pair of pants, or better yet, shorts? Uh, I, right on the butt of the shorts. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I, I th- like we're starting first. First, it's going to start as the the tea spray, the yeah. right? And yeah. it's and it's going to be exclusive there. Um, and uh, you know, like if we if it, you know if we let if we let you know six or eight months pass, and then that shirt or that design happens to fall into our cash, aka Patreon shop, then I don't. Don't know. Uh, it seems like the Final Fantasy fourteen audience is really willing to kind of put up with that sort of behavior. So maybe there's a f- maybe that you know what maybe Hasio maybe that is going to happen at some point. Outcry for it, sure. Yeah, if yeah. if yeah, if you guys want it enough, you, if you ask us enough, then yeah, if there's if there's enough requests for it, I think we can make it happen. The chat is calling for eventually to have these kinds of things literally just put out as like patches that they can sew onto stuff. You know, that's absolutely. a cool that, idea, yeah, and we, that's something that we've. Dis- Discussed again, depending on the reception and how much something like that would cost us, we are we are looking into those types of possibilities. I, I definitely think an Im- yeah, it's not going to be like an LBR patch, as in like an update to it that's just free for everyone. Yeah, no, I I think I <laughs> well I what no I we're I think we're going to look into like a fully embroidered patch mm-hmm. like you would for like a military style yeah, patch. Yeah. It's not that expensive. I know that there's automated ways to probably do that, so. yeah mm-hmm. no there is yeah I know that there is. Um. So anyway, um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that. That may eventually fall into the Patreon shop. But if you like the design, uh, we encourage you to get on that uh, for the exclusive uh, Teespring campaign. Um, all right. So a uh, couple a uh, couple of pieces to, to note. Um, is this? Wow. Geez. OK. It looks like uh, our, our LBR news and FF14 news all got rolled into one. So, you know what? I'm just. Oh, no, 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 no. The no? FF14 news is is under. I don't know why that was put at the beginning, uh, but but underneath all this something awful stuff is where the actual Jesus L- LBR news I see or the actual the FF14 FF news, news. Yes. yeah I that's weird I'm more excited for LBR patch than storm blood jeez <laughs> <laughs> what you're not alone. Hey, you're not alone. I agree. Oh my god, we have fat chocoheads making out. I'm so confused about our our audience and studio. I right have now. the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> the fanfics are making their way into the game. Anyway, oh no. Anyway, um, so uh, just real quick before uh, before we get into the news, happy birthday, Susan Calloway. 
Uh, you can check her out SusanCalloway.com And her new single Remix uh, Of Time For This Which is a song That I was lucky enough To watch her perform Live When I got to record her In studio So nice. um, Very good song uh, Remix is available now Over at SusanCalloway.com um, So uh, We'll get to we'll, You know Juxta I know you uh, You wanted to talk about Something awful here uh, Because some of these Comments are great But we, you know we're, I think we're going to Save this for the end Mm -hmm. If we can help it So uh, let's check out What's going on In FF14 News This Is a limit Breaking news Update Mere days Before the launch Of Stormblood E3 will be Taking place In Los Angeles And wouldn't You know it Yoshi will be in attendance. Along with Yoshi comes the Suzano Battle Challenge, and for any adventurers who can lay waste to the new Authard Primal, a t-shirt shall be their prize. Yeah! I'm going to make sure to bring it back and rub it in your face, Juxta. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're getting t-shirts. Ha, 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 Hold on. Hold on. Hey, 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 hey Juxta. No, you're part, you're hey, part Juxta. of the fucking problem, Ju- Juxta, okay, Juxta, did you, did, you went out to, to Las Vegas with us, didn't you? And, and, and you, how's your t-shirt hey, that you got out t- there? Wait. That's How's not your battle fair. challenge T-shirt? That's not fair. He did get a uh, uh, a hoodie, a zip-up hoodie, right? Juxta, me and you, we got our zip-up hoodies from from Las Vegas, right? Juxta, and he's gone. <laughs> Didn't we? Did he really drop? No. No. <laughs> no I was really hoping drop. that he would. There is a 50-50 chance, first of all, that they don't let us anywhere near this. If they see us, they're like, get the fuck out. <laughs> we don't know that they know what we look like. No, they know what we look uh, like. There okay, will be see, well, here's, definitely the, the the media people know. It's gonna be like a liquor store. We're gonna walk up to it. There's just gonna be like a big wall with our faces posted on it and a big like I circle. Do not that says, let these no. people anywhere has assured me that they don't hate us. Uh, I don't yeah, know. They just don't care for lately? us very much. Have they been listening in the last like I don't know four or five episodes? Because I don't know. They may. No, me. Okay, me. They may hit us now. They may have changed yeah. their mind. She gave me that assurance as well at Fan Fest. Right, at a different time. Yeah. yeah. FanFest was a long time. Yep. Many, but if they didn't hate us by FanFest, nothing we've said since then has been worse than what we've said before. Oh, we've always debatable. been critical of the game. I mean, yes, but I don't know. We've been really critical of the game recently. Uh, we, we, with, I, I, I don't see it being any higher level than some of our other episodes. Maybe, maybe. When, when okay, Nika's defending I it, the, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I don't think that's the perception that our audience necessarily has. <laughs> At least, I'm just saying, th- I mean, like this, this E3 thing, it just shows that SE is catering to the casuals who don't actually play 14, and not to their longtime veterans who went to Fan Fest. Oh, 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 really? It's the, that's the connection I'm making. Oh, really? It's the E3 move. It's not the uh, fucking advertising on fucking packages of Little Debbie. Or, you know, the... Oh, Little Debbie would be one thing, but this is like Little Debbie minus one. <laughs> whatever the fuck the it is. Spartan or the brand. goddamn Hardy's Cups or whatever it is. Like, okay. Carl Jr., gosh! Same... I think that's the same company. Same company, some, yeah. Same company, dickweed. Anyway. Okay, but... Distinctions. <laughs> I'm just saying this is just more further proof and evidence that veterans are garbage. Mrs. Freshly, what? that's what it was. <laughs> oh wow, Mrs. Freshly. I've um, never heard of Mrs. Freshly. In in addition, on June, it's sort Duke. of it's sort of like oh my god, Mrs. Fleshly. Uh, wow. N- n- no, no, it's a it's a, it's a little bit that's like the name of the action figure. <laughs> it's like that. It's like that. I think it's uh 
Doug Benson joke where he's like, we we didn't have famous Amos cookies growing up. No, we had heinous anus cookies. That's what that's like. It's it's the it's like an off brand. Ugh. Like that doesn't even sound yeah. appetizing. It, did, it didn't look appetizing. Mrs. Freshly. I don't want to eat a regular little Debbie, let alone little Debbie's little sister. That's right. not that a little right. That's, crazy. Uh-huh. No. I mean, no. That's little Debbie's, Debbie's mom. Little sister. That's but, little Debbie's mom. Yeah, the, yeah, no, no, no. This is this is little Debbie's like a strange great aunt <laughs> that you know she's like 68 her and her, her her and her mom had a falling out like 15 years ago and they haven't talked since and she has autism before it was a thing <laughs> yeah i think where, that's been where, a thing for a long time no but this is this is this is the version where it like it 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 it, it um exhibited the behavior the symptoms exhibited themselves as collecting massive amounts of cats just so many cats. In addition, on June thirteenth from E three, Yoshida will be doing a letter from the producer live about the launch of the expansion. So look forward to uh, it. That's not surprising. Yeah. Uh, how long has it been since anything new has been added to the FF fourteen cash shop? Too long, apparently, because <laughs> now you can get yourself some Fuga attires, perfect for those long weave filled wait, wait, nights. Wait, wait, Fuga attire? Fuga attire. Oh, I'm less interested. Perfect. Is that like a <laughs> smaller dick or something? No. But it's perfect for those long weed-filled nights of ERP and Kugane, as well as an emote for Eastern stretching. And uh, finally, an authentic uh, senior Sabatender trophy. Uh, because, you know, in the East, they stretch different from how we stretch in the West, guys. I still want Fudo attire. I know you do. pretty sure that's somehow racist, although I'm not entirely sure how. No, no, it's not racist. You're just stretching to the east no matter which way your character is facing. Oh. I like that. If, if you want to stretch to the west, like if you're in a corner and you have to go west, then you, you can't use the stretch emote. So it just doesn't he, work. Here's here's the items. Um, uh, They're dumb. They are. I, I'm not into the robes. They're real. I mean, like. I mean, they would make sense for going to like uh, some kind of like eastern place like Doma in this expansion. But since we're not, it's like kind of like, what's the point? But that's oh wait, we're we're doing that, so I guess it would make sense to put them in the cash. Wait, no, it doesn't make sense either. Jesus, man, hmm. Squeezer needs to make money, guys. Juxta, you sound like you have an axe to grind today. Juxta has been uncharacteristically angry at this game all week. I I think I I think he's taken a little bit too much of daddy. What? Oh Fra- phrasing. <laughs> oh no, that was right. I mean, that's that's what Kylo said. I, I don't know that that stretching emote really seems like it's worth laying down cash for. Not as good as the death emote, obviously. <laughs> Bend down, grab your ankles, and hang on. Oh boy. Uh, United Kingdom players rejoice! You've got a chance to win some stuff. Any O2 mobile customers registered for Priority can enter the competition by visiting the Priority app and clicking on the FF14 offer button. Prizes include a Stormblood-themed PS4 Pro and five tickets to the fan event Night Before the Storm. You can also enter to win one of 50 digital copies of Final Fantasy XIV, the complete edition. Jump potions not included, so you will have to actually have to play the game. You can also enter to win a trip for two to Tokyo, Japan, which includes a bunch of Weeb activities such as a samurai swordsmanship and shuriken workshop at a traditional dojo with an expert sensei but that's not all oh, you can man. also I... sensei you can also register to obtain special in-game item codes which include the original fat chocobo mount housemate attire and butler attire yay hey original fat chocobo mount didn't i have to do something to get that uh spend money on amazon 
the original Fat Chuck Bowman? I don't. Not the original Fat Chuck book came no. with a collector's edition. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was no, no, not that. That's just the Fat Chocobo Mount. The original one is a oh, white one. Which the white one? He came yeah. with the Amazon promotion. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. It's I'm less the mad. Original Fat Chocobo, and he's white, but he's not actually the original one. I don't get it either. <laughs> okay, I'm less mad now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Food and gear. Food and gear. Food and gear. Yeah. Yeah. We feel no. the same way. <laughs> Please. Same. SE has also released all you need to know about Stormblood Early Access, and it's all very simple. Yes, yes, yes. Quite simple indeed. First, you must have pre-ordered Stormblood. Early Access starts Friday, June 16th at 2 a.m. at PDT, four days before the initial, initial release. You must have your pre-order bonus code for your preferred platform. You must then have your register you must then have registered your early access code or your PSN promo code. Now from here, depending on if you play via PC, Mac, Steam, or PS4, you must follow seven to nine steps, which, oh will, my which God. we will not outline here because it's complicated and annoying. So proceed to your closest lodestone link and research it for your goddamn self. Fucking why? Getting my health insurance wasn't that complicated. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't. <laughs> because they insurance. took it away. Well, not yet, but they will shortly. Uh, and wow, lastly, Square Enix partnered up with Storm London to create some fantastic Stormblood watches. There's a contest, UK only, on their website where you can win a Stormblood gaming and watch set. Who wears a game watch, watch anymore? Set? Yeah, yeah, Jux, a game and watch set. That's right. Oh, I love those things. They're great. That's that. You know what? That's a really good question. I don't know anyone that fucking wears a watch anymore. Yeah, you. Everyone has a phone. Yeah, I, saw, I used to be more on time when I wore a watch, though. I will say that since it's in my phone and I have to reach in my pocket, pull it out, and look at the time, yeah. I actually lose time F- a lot easier. F- funny this is brought up because I actually saw I think it was a, a Twitch commercial or or on YouTube where some dude comes in and gives a watch to like his brother or something. And he's like, "This will help you ace that interview." And I'm thinking, what the fuck? No one's gonna look at your wrist and be like, "Oh, that's a great watch. We're hiring you." Uh, you should see the uh, Pokemon watch that they put out for something like $75,000. Oh I did, I did. Did you see that? I did, I did. I did. What? It looks, it looks like... It's ugly! It, yeah, it looks like something that you would win out of a fucking, like, like quarter machine. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's awful, oh, and so it's bad. so expensive. What does it do that it costs $75,000? No, nothing, $1, nothing. It's some fucking, I don't know, dude with a humongous penis made it or something. Thing. I don't know what makes this thing so fucking special. I want to see people try to market their watch that way. It's like, well, I mean, it's, it's an okay watch, but the guy who made it's got like a 17-inch dick. He's crushing that puss all day long. It's going to shape your womb to the stick. It's weird. I don't know what it has to do. I don't know what it has to do with anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, why is that watch $75,000? Because I don't know. Can we please start basing prices on the size of people's pieces? $5,000? Are you kidding me? Okay, but he has at least 20 inches under there. Whoa, that's a steal. Jesus Christ, the cost of the show would be incredible. <laughs> Anyway. I'm so confused. Now they know. Now they know what, well, because you don't have a penis, okay, Nika? It's fine. You don't understand it. We don't have time to mansplain it to you, though, right? <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, is, that, is that it? Is that <laughs> That's it? all for the news, guys. Thanks. All right. Uh, anyway, more information over on the Lodestone if you want. Um, all right. Let's uh, bring in Fusion X and uh, let's talk about this media tour. What an introduction. Let's yes. bring him in. <laughs> you, this, that's what you got to follow. That's what you got to follow. Proper intro. No. I, it, it, why? Fusion X, the creator of the ass box. Why? 
No, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, joining us now is Fusion X uh, of Gamer Escape and uh, the Aetherite Radio podcast. He went out to uh, check out the Stormblood Media Tour. Um, that uh, we I, was that the one that we got the invite to that we just it, we did. Yeah, that, it that, is. That we ended. were invited the first time. We've been invited to something that also said we we understand that you live far away. So you know, do but you? I think this do means you, that they don't super hate us maybe they did I, think about us it's the first and last time we've ever been invited to anything yeah yeah let's just yeah anyway uh fusion dude thanks for joining us hello what's up hello what's going on no one well, has ever been that excited to be a guest on our show <laughs> except for uh Oh Estinia. my god, watch Twin Peaks, you dickweed! <laughs> I see, I knew he would get it. Fuck! <laughs> it's on the schedule. I hate all of you so much uh, right now. The, fa- the, the fact that I was the only one that got that is... None of us have seen it! Sad. It's the most important thing going on on television right now. <laughs> right now. And oh. you're just ignoring it. Yeah, you sure. you piece of shit. Anyway, whatever. Fusion, welcome to the show. Uh, so uh, you went out to uh, the media tour and actually got hands on with Stormblood and uh, a lot of really interesting revelations about Stormblood coming out of a lot of these interviews. Uh, and I, I think that there's a variety of, um, you know, there's there's some positives. And I, I think, uh, you know, seeing people's hands-on experiences with the way that the battle system is changing has made me a little bit more uh, encouraged about Stormblood. But at the same time, there are some other things about the development that are really, really making me hesitate and really making me wonder what's going on. Um, so, uh, Fusion, we appreciate having you here to uh, to, to kind of shed some light and uh, share your experience of uh, going out to the media tour. So, how was it, man? Like, first of all, like, did you enjoy going out and, uh, and, and did, did Square Enix treat you well? Well, yeah, I mean, they always treat me well whenever we go out to something like this. Um, I mean, you know, San Francisco is always a little dumpy, in my opinion. But um, I I think even Foxclaw said something, you know, along those lines where um, they went to the, I think it was Hamburg for the the EU media tour. And he had a tweet or something that's like, I feel like I can walk around all right over here or something. (laughs) Wow. That, yeah, that's not subtle shade. That's, (laughs) wow. Well, you know, any, any, any big downtown areas you get into, you know. Yeah, this is how things are here. Don't they? Aren't they from like Tokyo, the most downtown of downtown areas? <laughs> yeah, it's like downtown. That's that's. But there's so many. Only but downtown. Tokyo is so big, and there's so many different districts that like that every part of Tokyo is completely different. I don't know if there's if you can really compare them honestly. Mm-hmm. Like to America's big cities, and you just think of like low income children's schools failing and sad people like <laughs> i don't i don't think it's the same as you're not nika kayanian voice of the future i mean you're not wrong i mean really glad that those are the things that you're instilling in children no that's yeah that's unfortunately I'm kidding. I'm in the forefront of big cities in our country. I'm kidding. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so uh, getting getting hands on uh, for Stormblood, uh, you got to check out a lot of different uh, a lot of different stuff. You've got a hands on article uh, posted up over at Gamer Escape. So if anyone wants to check that out, uh, make sure you go check out GamerEscape.com. Um, but let's let's talk about some of your experiences getting hands on with Stormblood. Uh, what were you most impressed by? Um, you know, I think what I really liked is I liked uh, some of the aesthetics of some of the new areas. 
um, Kugane, especially. I mean, when, once we sat down at our at our stations, I mean, we were right in Kugane. I, I, um, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Fusion, but it's it's pronounced Kugan. Yeah, that's right. I don't <laughs> know. Kugan. I'm curious about the setup of all. You said when we sit down at your station, did everyone like get their own station? Did you so basically, yeah. So there? I mean, you we were there for for a good chunk of the day. So you walk in, and it's basically groups of four, and you can kind of see this in some of the pictures that have gone out. Um, basically, they had. Two, four station or four like stations. So each station had like four PCs. So it was mm-hmm. like basically like a light party. Right. Okay. Um, one of these stations was used for our, like our dungeon hands on that we had. And then for the rest of them, we were just kind of, you know, at our, our computer for most of the day, just kind of doing whatever we wanted to within the limitations of the, the media tour. So, but, so how long did you actually have like, like sitting on your station, like hands on, like, Oh geez. It was probably five hours. Oh, wow. Did you feel like that was enough time to really get like in depth or was oh, there still never, a lot that you wanted? It's never enough time. It's <laughs> yeah. never enough time. I mean, and, and you know, this is, this is the biggest issue with any of this stuff and anybody that's ever gone to like a PAX or a fan fest mm-hmm. knows as soon as you sit down, you have to try and configure your hot bar oh, and gosh. you got to put all your stuff. And it, you know, yeah. it's the point where for, for me, a lot of people, you know, we have our, our dungeon video and some other videos and it was like, Oh my God, they're clicking abilities. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I didn't want to sit there for half the time configuring all my damn hot bars. <laughs> I'll configure all the hot bars for all the jobs and then I'll have five minutes left to play. Oh, you're so, not lying there. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, you go in and you have your stations and you're just kind of there, you know, and that way you can, um, you know, like we had some external capture stuff where you, you know, could set that up and, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, so your initial thoughts of, of, of Kugan then, because I, you know, in, in the past, <laughs> Yoshipa has painted some really, you know, I, I think painted some in a really, really big light. I think one of the things that I'm most looking forward to is, uh, he, he once mentioned that there are going to be multiple ways to traverse through Kugan. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's not something that I, um, played around. Like, you know, they talked about like how you can like jump around and jump up on and stuff a lot. Yeah, and that's that's not something that I <laughs> look did at, personally. But like, if you actually, if you go back and look the the tour of the East video they put mm-hmm. out, uh, there's that nighttime shot where the the samurai's kind of walking, and there's like the rope lanterns. If you look closely, there's actually a ninja running across. So that, so you, that rope. You're telling us you just walk down the middle of the street like some sucker. I mean, yeah. I mean, didn't you see the video? That's pretty much what I did. I just kind of walked around and and took some video and. Man, and like if you were to compare it to like our past zones that we've been through, like Ishgard or uh, Idleshire, like where does it rank among those? Like, is it different? Does it feel kind of like an, a natural extension of those, or is it very different? It's or like compared I think, to like Ishgard. I think it's 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 noticeably different. Uh, I mean, obviously, like it's one zone versus two zones, mm-hmm. um, and so the size. It's not like if you think of a, like a city, right? It's two zones, so that's like a two. This is more of like a one point five, one point seven five. So it's not as big as it would be if it was two separate zones, right? But it's still it's still a bigger single like city state zone. Um, but I think that the the thing that really stopped me was just like the color and stuff like that. I mean, you go to Ishgard and it's all like gray and kind of boring because the um, people are sad there, right? <laughs> Are the people they, not they, sad they build here? All the buildings with their tears, the whole <laughs> cement. No, um, no, yeah. You you can hire really you know hot looking chicks to step on your face. Why would people be sad in Kugane? I don't even know that you have to hire her. I think if you just say something like pro resistance, she'll probably do that for yeah, free. I think yeah, you fair. just you just walk up to the the Garlene consulate and you say, "I would like to be stepped on." <laughs> And they accommodate you. Yeah, yeah, they just wave you in. Uh-huh. Like, let them through. <laughs> mm-hmm. So outside of Kugane, uh, I think you got to uh, uh, witness two two other zones: the Peaks and the Ruby Sea, right? Yeah, so the the peaks is um, in Garabania, um, which is it's actually this zone is actually connected to um, Ralgur's Reach, 
um, which we, we didn't have access to, but on the map, it's, you can see like where the zone in is to, to Raleigh Ridge Beach. Um, and that was cool. The downside of the peaks was we had mounts, but we didn't have flying access. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, that's great. But I don't want to like walk around all day over here, you know, trying to find stuff. I probably stuff. didn't but want you to go looking for stuff yet. Yeah, this is, this is true. Yeah. They, they said, try and try and keep your exploration limited in the peaks. But, um, you know, a lot of other people have, have some footage. We have some screenshots and stuff. Um, so we have, we spent a little bit of time in the peaks, not a lot. We spent more time in the Ruby sea, um, obviously, cause that's where we could do diving and swimming. Um, so we spent a lot of more time out there, I think than any of the other, um, um areas. So is, that is was fun. The Ruby sea, the zone that has that like weird, just giant that is structure. the Jenga tower. Yeah. 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 yeah the Jenga tower. tower. I, I never was able to see the top of that Jenga tower. Really? And you actually, wow. and the ceiling, the ceiling, cause we had access to flying in, in Ruby sea and you can't, you get like a little bit up but then you hit a ceiling and it's like you still look up and you can't see the top of and the it still power. goes wow wow it's crazy. Oh, that's interesting it's pretty yeah. it's pretty crazy that is that is really interesting i mean a lot of people have been uh discussing what that could possibly be what stru- what kind of structure that could be because it doesn't look big it doesn't look big <clears throat> enough to like go inside of it right it's just like a little tiny jam. i mean it's a decent size but i mean when you when you think about like you know, any kind of a new deep dungeon maybe I, I think it's possible i mean when you think of the way that you know just like cities and stuff like versus like what you see on the map versus like the actual scale like in that zone you know it's never equal so it's it, maybe you know i wouldn't completely rule it out plus magic nika magic plus magic maybe we get shrunken down and we get put inside there then it's oh, huge maybe, maybe. Okay. but then it would be even bigger and take even longer to climb Ten thousand floors every floor the same um so yeah the uh you can see the video of uh of the different area tours over at uh, gamerescape.com uh we'll we'll share uh some of them uh on screen now um you can see uh the first one kind of moving through uh the kugane area and uh and and showing off some uh different character models here um there's you can record the video i'm curious like um we had we had some software recording uh but then we also um last month we invested in a uh, evermedia uh game reportable too um and so we actually i don't know if you guys saw it we actually have uh some Final Fantasy 12 HD gameplay as well. Oh, and nice. so uh, it's just we can we don't need a PC. You know, it's not like a normal kind of stream box where it's mm-hmm. like you got to run a thousand different things through it. You just go and hook it through and, and you're good it's to like, go. I would have so, been there like recording it on my camera. Like. So, <laughs> so, so has it got like a throughput and you just can record onto yeah, like it's, a... It's, it's a throughput and then just USB power. You just plug Dude. that right into the front of like whatever, any USB source and you're and good to go. You just toss a card right in there and... It just, yeah, right onto nice. a micro USB. You know Dude, what? that's yeah. pretty awesome. At first glance, what I what I really like about uh, Kugan here as opposed to, let's say, like, like Ishgard. Ishgard felt kind of like just... Like hallways, you know, like you have your walking space and then the buildings are just the walls and you can't go anywhere. But I mean, like, the pillars was pretty open, though. Yeah, pillars was OK. But like looking at this and being able to like how high up it goes and how far you can see like this. This actually, I think, for once, like actually really, really feels <laughs> like a city. Like yeah. people live there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is very well designed, even though I've been, you know, very vocal about the fact that I'm not really into the whole, um, you know, Japanese culture styling. Yeah, yeah it, the aesthetic. 
aesthetic is not mine. I, I, I will absolutely say that this does look very well designed. Um, you know, the dynamic lighting that they have going on there is really interesting. It looks huge. Like, it looks massive and, and on the scale that, a, 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 you know, a, a city really should be. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm, I'm very impressed with uh, with what we're seeing here. And yeah, then, I mean, for the, the Far Eastern aesthetic, you know, it's not for everybody, but, like, as right. far as, like, what they were going for, they absolutely nailed it. Like, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Um, again, if you want to check out uh, all of these videos, we're not going to play the entirety of the video. Um, there's videos and screenshot over screenshots over at uh, GamerEscape.com. Um, and uh, let's talk about this dungeon that uh, you guys got to uh, you guys got to check out. Um, Shisui uh, of the Violent Tide. Violet? Vi- Violet. 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 Whatever. Okay. The color, purple. not the... <laughs> she's sweet and i'm trying to wonder she's, like she's sweet. if that would be like oh, like four waters us. or something they're weaving on us yeah means four and sweet is water i don't know that, that, that could be i'm just trying to make sense nobody cares about that <laughs> i mean i mean i mean along those lines one of the uh one of the weapons that dropped in the uh, dungeon was a uh, i think it mentioned it was like a katana of like the ruby tides so presumably oh. there are different slightly different colored tides or something did, like that so did they look cool like are they glamour? Are they glamour worthy? I mean, the the katana we saw was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I mean, katana! I, I right clicked, previewed now, it. Yeah, never, never mind. I'm thinking like ninja katanas. Never mind. No, no, the the, not, the GKs. Oh, yeah, not daggers. Yeah, no. Sorry. Well, tell um, us about the dungeon. What was it like? It was really cool. It's actually, um, if you guys remember the. Uh, Stormblood trailer that we had from Frankfurt, where it showed that kind of like that little underwater the, like uh, palace, the, the Aether's that's, butthole. That's this dungeon. Huh. Yeah, I, we we did actually. We got some uh, some look at that uh, from the uh, leaked video of uh, the Dat Explorers from uh, the what was it the. Um yeah, the guy who uh, hacked the the benchmark. benchmark that's it. Oh yeah, so, yeah, some of those, some of those, uh, we got a really good idea of uh, some of the zones, and we had said, yeah, this looks like a, a lead up to um, some kind of a, a dungeon. And there we go. We get the uh, circle arena there uh, as uh, you know, as you guys are walking up boss to room. to the structure. Yeah, this boss looks really interesting Whoa. too. Yeah, the the scorpion. You have to like cripple its leg, and then he'll like fall fall over. Um, oh, there you go. So, critical damage. That's kind yeah. of. Uh, have we had a mechanic like that in fourteen uh, before, where you knock a mob over? I, I don't think so. No, I, I think it's it's very rare that in dungeons we actually have to change our target, and when we do, it's either because it's an ad, or B, it's something like, oh, this dragon's going to start raining hell upon us, so let's you know kill the wings really quick, then just go back to attacking it. Yeah, not uh, hit the gate or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, like doing a certain amount of damage before a move goes off, yep. right? Like there's, it's basically yeah, it's, that's it's, what it is. Yeah. That's, that's essentially target. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as we see you guys, uh, fight further on into the structure, um, you actually do end up going inside the structure. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And, uh, again, all of this incredibly Eastern inspired. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, and, and here you come to, uh, the final confrontation in, uh, the boss i think this is the final one um the boss the uh, what is this what are you fighting it's a, that's a the second from the last oh it's the second from the last sorry uh, but it's it's basically it's like a, a reskin sophia right but, oh, okay 
yeah. Um, I gotta. I'm trying to remember because this this underwater palace. I mean, we knew as soon as as uh, the the Stormblood trailer came out, people were like, "Oh, this is probably this based on this legend and stuff." And I can't remember all the details of it, but there was something about um, and like youth and and some kind of like a princess or something like that. Yeah, because it, it looked like you got turned into an old woman. There. I did, I did, which is which is really funny because uh, I won't I won't name names, but the character I was on for this dungeon uh, was this character was modeled after somebody that worked at SE. And they were like, oh, it'll be cool. Like, I'll see all the press coverage. And I'll be like, oh, that's my character. Well, you know, if it's in the dungeon, it's going to keep getting turned into an old lady. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> funny. Then you saw there, too, after that boss, there's like a little ledge you can kind of jump off. And yeah. it goes into like this little pool of water. Into the pool. That you kind of swim through to get, you know, nice little yeah, kind little, of touch here. Little uh, environmental uh, environmental stuff like that. Now, we do, now we're here on the uh, the final boss. This and- looks like an Escalia wet dream. <laughs> It looks like a modified uh, Nika character model. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, Void Arc. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Except this one has like a, a somewhat feminine looking face. Right. It's, so it's ephemeral. Yeah. It's ephemeral uh-huh. is basically. Okay, that's cool. Um, I, I can I can, I can, can dig another ephemeral final boss. They, uh-huh. They're definitely... Uh, Ugly. Yeah. They're wonderful to kill. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, so I mean, the, the, the dungeon looks fairly straightforward. It's what mm-hmm. we kind of have come to expect for Final Fantasy fourteen dungeons. Um, let's talk about the battle system because uh, you got a lot of hands-on with the battle system. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching you put up some big numbers. I just saw uh, you hit like a 6K something or other. Um, and uh, what, what, what do you, what did you, what were your impressions of the way that the ff14 battle system is going to change um so what i did i i obviously like i, I made dragoon so i was on dragoon for a fair amount of time and it's on probably the a stuff. smart choice um and then i also had some time i played on machinist a little bit and sam a little bit um but it's i i really like the changes especially to dragoon um a lot of jobs i mean all the jobs are changing like there's you know it's some some more than others um, Dragoon's changes feel more like uh, a more natural kind of evolution of what we already have. Their you know, four combo action is now a five combo action. Um, oh, they lucky. give you some stuff to kind of weave in between jumps now with Mirage Dive. Um, and so it's it's really easy to kind of just get into the swing of like what the new Dragoon is. Um, uh, you know, Machinist obviously is a huge change. There's no more casting timers. There's a whole heat management thing now. Uh, Wildfire is only 10 seconds now. So it'll be it'll be really fun to uh, to see how people kind of figure that stuff out once uh, once everybody gets their hands on it and gets you know the rotations going and stuff that sounds really cool i mean a lot of stuff that i've been hearing about ninja makes it seem like they've they've, they've simplified it more which worries me because it was already a pretty uh, uh simple uh rotation but i mean hearing your take on dragoon at least sounds like they're at least taking that job in a better direction yeah does the the balancing of blood of the dragon does that feel a little bit more natural now Oh, it's amazing. Like I've been, I've been doing raids and stuff and it's always so annoying when you, you have blood of the dragon up and it's like, okay, I need to finish this combo or it's going to die off. Right. I'm going to lose that buff. Yep. And then for whatever reason, something happens. Oh, I need to move. There goes my blood of the dragon. Mm -hmm. And it's like the most annoying thing ever. But now, um, both of those, those, those four combo hits, both of those can proc alongside each other with a new trait that you can unlock. And both of those will still regen blood of the dragon. And then gears Kogel doesn't reduce blood of the dragon. Oh, wow, so that's way better. It's it's yeah, it's, it's real nice now. It's, it's pretty, pretty streamlined. Well, well, it's sweet. I, I think, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of where the concern is being driven from is that, you know, I think in abstract, when you look at the changes and especially, you know, um, uh, comparative one job to the other 
it does look like on paper, at least initially, that everything is being simplified. And the thing that mm-hmm. I think the thing that a lot of people aren't really giving forethought to and the credit to is that, well, this is the, you know, this is the first time we've got kind of confirmation what happens beyond level 60, mm-hmm. because those simplified aspects, I think, are going to be necessary as we start adding, as Fusion said, like a fifth uh, you know, ability yeah. into our rotation right, and right. things That's like true. that. So, so I think you know some of the some of the criticism that uh, that we had laid out last week about how uh, you know everything is just uh, seemingly getting easier. Well, I I do think that it, that is a valid concern, and I think that you know at least speaking for myself, my concerns are on a bit more of a deeper de- de- uh, developmental. Um, philosophy level as opposed to just simply you know well the this aspect of the battle system is getting easier this aspect of the game is getting easier that it it, it to me it was an overall um you know philosophy idea but uh, you know fusion I'm, I'm i'm glad that you know you know this week we're more talking about hands-on and what actually does happen mm-hmm. past 60 and how the rotations are going to be affected um so that you know it doesn't again because abstracted from everything else from all other uh consideration it does look like each job just gets easier on paper well yeah i mean the 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 thing that i think that is important to take away from this too i mean at least with with my time on that i had with like dragon machinist for example it's the like your opener and that kind of starting rotation it's more streamlined it's a lot simpler but then a lot of jobs now they have something that um, like for example, uh, life of the dragon, right. After you do like four jumps, four mirage dives and the news gears, Kogel, you can go into this red blood of the dragon. Right. And then you get, um, access to a new ability. It's one of those things where, uh, they have a lot of stuff that's meant for longer fights. Cause I mean, that was one of the problems doing this. We were in me and me and, uh, Charles who went with me, we're doing the, uh, you know, trying to test stuff out in the Ruby C, but the problem was we kept killing stuff too quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like just as I would be getting ready to proc something, it's like, oh, okay, there's no more mobs here. All right, so that, um, that's interesting. So, so you know, usually when we think of jobs in, in, in rotations, from the moment you start it to where, quote-unquote, the end was, or it loops infinitely, you're still just basically doing the same thing over the length of a fight. But what you're saying is they've designed it in a way now that the longer fights, your rotation starts to evolve into a different type of rotation where you, where you get to make different, maybe more meaningful choices towards combat. Yeah, it's, it's I think what it is, is it's those, you know, for those more kind of like hardcore players, right? Or the people that are raiding, basically, mm-hmm. right? Or that are doing bosses or something. It's, you know, that initial like, oh, I'm just going to go up and kill this mob. Like that's, that's pretty simple and straightforward. Right. Once you start getting into stuff, it's okay. Um, you know, after I get to this point where I can activate life of the dragon, when do I want to use this? You know, I need to make sure that my gauges are at a certain time. You know, I need to make sure my cooldowns are are right. You know, when, when do I start to weave that into things? And that's super cool because yeah, one of the frustrating things about like raiding, especially on Dragoon is, you know, you have your opening salvo, which is your highest DPS. And then kind of everything after that for the next few minutes is weaker and weaker and weaker until you get back to having everything up again and you go again. Right. Cause you've, uh, you've got the cascading cooldowns. Right. So like the first run through is like really fun. And then like you're kind of, you almost kind of go into down period for a few moments. And, and there is that very real thing that I think, you know, there's there's a certain percentage of MMO players that experience it that, you know, they, they 
are not the most efficient with their cooldowns because they don't hit it whenever it's readily right. available and they're not maximizing the amount of time during a fight that it's up because their inclination is save it because I might need it later. Save it for an ideal moment. And mm-hmm. that is actually not encouraged when you pick apart the data. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I think my my the thing I really like too about Dragoon, one of the biggest things with Dragoon, um, it's kind of connection dependent uh, for double weaving, like your buffs and stuff. Um, but now with like obviously you'll you'll still want to probably try and do that on your opener if you can. But now with uh, with Mirage Dive, basically what happens when you jump, it act, you can then use Mirage Dive. So you could like jump, hit a button from your combo, and then Mirage Dive and weave those in instead of having to double weave everything, oh, which I think is really nice. As that's well. way cooler. Yeah, that is that is. See, I, I like this, and you know, you talked about the concern that maybe this is like becoming easier, but at the same time, there's the other half of that where, well, your DPS is, should be expected to be that much higher. You know, you the required mm-hmm. DPS that comes out of it needs to be that much higher, right? And your toolkit is expanding as well. And and yeah. you know, we we did talk about ability bloat a lot, and this is a way to address that. Um, you know, I I don't think it excuses the notion that you know we we could have one. <laughs> one button pvp combos i don't think that that seems like a a, a bit too simplified in my opinion but wait so we get to one of the later interviews press three to win yeah, right but uh, the thing is is that you know um i'm i'm at least willing to be more open to these types of changes no you know knowing that our toolkit is expanding and and, and you know Putting aside the fact that I think ver- continual vertical expansion is not the way to go, um, you know, given that's where we're at and the the route that Square Enix has decided to take, then you know what, this is probably the best way for them to uh, to address and alleviate some of those concerns. So, um, let's talk about uh, you know, because because you guys gave a pretty in depth a ro- uh, you know role analysis and breakdown between the different roles and how they're going to end up changing. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit comparatively? Uh, w- how you know what your takeaway was between the different roles um so this was a big shout out to charles he actually wrote these up um during our time you know like i said that you never have enough time to to really cover everything that you want um but what we did is we spent a lot of time um just going through trying to get tool tips um you know for for stuff so that way if we didn't get to it we could at least have the tool tips and then we could kind of piece together some of it later on thanks charles um, and some other people too from the community, uh, you know, Mr. Happy, Ms. Tech, uh, Ristef from Reddit, uh, Avalon Star, a lot of those guys too took some pictures and we kind of collabed a little bit to make sure that we had everything as a resource. Uh, so definitely a big shout out to, to those guys. It's, it's so cool. And I don't think a lot of people realize how much we work together behind the scenes to try and maximize the coverage for this thing. So it's really cool when we uh, have a chance to be able to do that. So, so they all work together behind the scenes, but we're never invited. Is, is that what I just no, mean? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, we, we just were invited. We, we didn't get an invite to the cool kids party. That's, all right, all right. that's fine. Whatever fusion. I mean, to be to be fair, I wasn't at the cool kids party either. They were day two. I was day one. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think out of my biggest takeaway from this, I think like everything is is changing, right? So everybody's going to have to relearn stuff to a point. Uh, but I, I think for me, the thing that stands out the most really is is just the range DPS classes. Because those are changing so much. Um, like, Mage's Ballad isn't Mage's Ballad anymore. It doesn't have anything to do with magic. That, what? That Wait, seems what? inappropriately Which, named. I thought there was a video that showed it. Well, so so the way the way that it works now is so every... They, there's no more cross-class skills, right? So you have role actions. Mm-hmm. 
each roll has 10 roll actions that they can select. There's 10 total, but you can only equip five. And so what they've done is all these roles that have all these different abilities that do the same thing, they've gotten rid of those and those are now roll actions. So like protect is a roll action now. None of the jobs natively have protect. Oh, And so along those same lines, like mage's ballad doesn't refresh MP anymore. Um, the bishop turret doesn't refresh MP anymore. But what you do have is you have a roll action, which is refresh every 180 seconds that'll restore MP for everybody. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. Then what is valid? Yeah. Well, the, 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 there's uh, there's actually a, a question in the interview you did that, that that kind of sort of touched on this idea that you know currently in the way that the game works is that there are certain things that are required. Like for example, protect. Right. And those abilities in in some cases are specific to just one job, and that gives you know uh, puts a very big responsibility on one single person. And one of the one of the things that they wanted to do is give these responsibilities you know they want to give a chance for you to be able to sort of assign these responsibilities on a player basis rather than on a job basis yeah well and they also took things like uh leg sweep which was you know melee based uh stun and that's now role class like anyone can pick mm-hmm. that up and and those that that kind of overlap was pretty obvious to see in the system and taking those and making those you know role abilities again i i think that that just serves to make the jobs mathematically a little bit more similar and therefore subsequently easier to balance on the on the developer end and you know like those are the kinds of concessions i'm okay with right yeah like, definitely those are the kinds of things Things where I see that and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It makes, you know, making making each job mathematically more similar makes sense so that, you know, what you're having to balance between are really these sort of specialized job gauges. Right. That that, um, you know, Thank and you. that and that and sort of like the, your end game rotation, I think, are going to be the two biggest factors on what makes a job feel different one to the other is it. W- w- would you agree with that having gotten hands-on fusion? Yeah, it's it's definitely I think things are more evened out. I think for a lot, especially with the the new role actions. I think though, um, and I'm gonna go back to range DPS again because that's kind of I think where the, the biggest thing that stands out is yes, both you know, machinist and bard have that, you know, the TP regen and the the, the refresh for MP regen role action now, but I feel like Bard is a little more um like support base now, whereas I think machinist has made a little bit more of a shift towards DPS more. Interesting. Um, but the problem is, and this is kind of why we were talking about the role actions with Yoshida is you're still going to have these spells that it's like, or these role actions. It's like, okay, if you're this class, you need to have, you know, these five equipped. Um, but I think the nice thing about this, especially when you look at stuff like the, the healer roles and stuff like it's once, once you get into like raid parties, that's when you can nitpick a little bit because both healers in a raid don't need protect. Right. Right. And, and, and do you think that this is going to end up making, uh, you know, composition for raid parties more or less important moving forward? I think it's, it's, there's going to be definitely a focus on, on role actions and who's using what. Um, I think if, if you're just doing like your duty finder stuff, like your four mans, it's not going to be a big deal. Obviously, like if you're a machinist or, or, or a bard, you're going to want your, your TP and your MP stuff. Like there's just givens, right. For those smaller, like four man things. Sure. Once you get into raid, it's, it's, yeah, it opens up the door. I think for, for a little bit more 
um, customization of your job and, for sure. and strategic planning as you're going in and it, yeah. it, it take cuts down on the whole like uh, our raid group only had you know it's astrologian scholar like ugh, what are we going to do right I, mean, I may be picking the wrong jobs but yeah i mean you're not you know, so maybe, worried about having the wrong jobs because you have those role-based actions to kind of make up the difference mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're in a raid group, maybe maybe you have two melee DPS. Maybe one of them needs to have true north that'll nullify all action direction requirements or crush that remo- removes bind and heavy from a party member. I mean, I think some of these are like throwaways, but the fact that they're there, it's either like they just needed to fill up the, those 10 actions or they see that these will be somewhat useful sometime in the future. Um, you know, who knows? Well, but. And it definitely makes sense for a lot of things. I always thought of something like... Uh, blood for blood on lancer like every freaking melee dps had to level up lancer to get blood for blood there was no excuse for not having it but it was it was i mean at least the way that i saw it is like that was you know it encouraged you to go check out a job that you would have no otherwise you know uh incentive to 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 go level is it a pain in the ass yes but is it like a core like i I also think it's like a core function of an mmo that you know classes play into one another i'd agree with that if like lancer 1 to 35 was would ever convince anyone to take up that job (laughs) fair fair point fair point come um, on impulse drives did it let you save like multiple uh, like hot bar layouts for the same job because I feel like yeah two healers don't need protect in raid but I mean if you're then going to go do a dungeon if you don't have protect equipped yeah like, so that that one I, I didn't test I know this this was actually something we were talking about yesterday on a threat radio um, and I think that the probably the best way to go about it is uh and you know and again it depends on your setup and, and what you're comfortable I mean, with they but say I, they want to limit the ability blue but if you have to equip all of it anyway yeah I mean it, it makes more sense to me to just you know obviously you're not going to equip every single role action there's there's some that are just right like, but you don't, don't want to like leave it on you your don't need them I'm, i i i think i'm of the notion where i would leave it on my bar and and i'll tell you why because if you have you have like your 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 light party set up and then you have your full party set up um you're gonna get used to a certain action being in a certain spot yeah exactly that's what i was and i would be worried about swapping it out and then you know hitting one button thinking it's one ability and it's another so then does it really get rid of the ability blood in that point of even if it's not equipped it's still on your bar i mean see (laughs) they can get away with it because you don't need to have it on your bar right it's it's not technically required and i think you know that's that's something and there's gonna be overlap where it's um you know your light party your full party roll action setups they're they're not going to be completely different there's going to you know you're probably still going to have three out of the five abilities be the same so i don't think it's going to be that much of an issue uh-huh. um but i think that's that's something um you know as people get their hands on it and, and play around with stuff that they'll they'll figure out you know if, if it is an issue or not so on top of the uh media tour that you guys got for uh stormblood and the you know actual hands-on with the expansion uh you also got to sit down with yoshi p and uh speak with him for an interview and uh i'd like to talk about some of the uh you know some of the the questions that were that were asked and some of the you know things that that we learned um you know through the course of uh multiple interviews there was uh, multiple interviews coming out this week um and uh again if you want to find uh 
uh, Gamer Escapes. That's over at GamerEscape.com. But some really interesting, mm-hmm. uh, some really interesting stuff gleaned from uh, these interviews. Yeah. So uh, the first question here was actually the one that I uh, alluded to a minute ago. You were uh, asked if any of the devs were worried about any of the cross-action roles being perceived as required by the community. The example I think you gave was uh, Palisade, which reduced the physical damage. I'm never equipped with Palisade on machinist. <laughs> never, never. But, but I actually, I actually really liked his answer, and, and this is one of the battle or, or one of the changes to the battle system, or at least I think the philosophy of creating your your parties that I really liked. And he explained that by turning certain skills into cross role, that perhaps only one job had it before that lifts uh, a certain responsibility from a single player and now makes it so a wider variety of, of your party can take on their responsibilities. So like you said, as a machinist, you're like, fuck that, never doing Palisade. Uh, but somebody else could take up that that responsibility and be like, all right, you know, I'll make sure that I have Palisade equipped. Right, and if you have access yeah. to a variety of debuffs and stuff like that, then your your utility with inside mm-hmm. of a party composition becomes a lot more varied. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you, you know, before it would be like, you know, look, uh, we have MP issues in this fight. We have to have a bard or a machinist, but right. now that's become a, a, a DPS caster role, right? No, it's range DPS, so you still need a. a oh, okay, a so it's still, it's still either one or the other. Okay, but <laughs> range just, DPS is is pretty limited there. Yeah, so but just this idea that amongst your whole group, instead of there just being like we need this one job for that one ability, now you just need you know necessarily someone from that uh, that archetype who's willing to put that on their bar, and I, I think that that's probably one of the 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 coolest changes to I think battle philosophy that that I've heard from Square Enix so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another question was asked about how the new role actions, not just the ones taken from previous jobs uh, and made available to everyone, were created. Um, how many the, uh, abilities did you see that were actually brand new created stuff and not just, uh, you know, the new form of whatever it was that was consolidated? Um, the new the new stuff overall was was more in like the minority. Um, a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, like uh, swift cast, sure cast, you know, stuff like that mm-hmm. is, is stuff we already had that they just removed. Well, did um, they show you like the new abilities that you were actually going to get between sixty and seventy? Yeah, we've. I mean, we've seen that. We see. We've seen all the abilities. Yeah. The, you got the, like, uh, but the, I mean, but now the, we have. For the, yeah. For the yeah for the role actions though, it's basically it's um, you know a lot of stuff that's wasn't used a lot or something like for for example. And I'm going to go back to range GPS again. Um, foot graze and leg graze now. Um, all of those like the the stuns or the bind and the heavy from machinist those are roll actions now you'll probably never mm-hmm. want to use them for anything um, <laughs> you know you got your head graze and your arm graze which is your silence and your stun you probably have those equipped a lot of the yeah. time um, but I mean those were all from you know certain jobs and stuff but now they're gone from that those specific jobs and their roll actions so everybody in that role can have a stun or have a silence or you know have have second wind machinist with second wind now is amazing yeah Um, or have you know the movement speed uh boost with with peloton now some of them got renamed um but they're you know it's it's you know it's the bard swift song yeah that that was the the big impression that i got from yoshi's answer too is he didn't talk so much about creating you know brand new abilities that didn't exist in the game before but more so about taking all these abilities that did the same thing across multiple classes and then combining them into just one new cross-class ability but it's still an ability that we had before I like yeah. that now every class gets to piss off their healer by not using second wind. That's true. That's before true. It was only me who got to do that. <laughs> I use second wind. Yeah, but it's more. I fu- use second wind too when I was on monk. There's no reason not to. Yeah, but it's more fun to piss off the healer. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, the, you asked a really interesting question about the connection between Evilise and Heidelin, uh, where uh, previously Yoshi P had had said that there was that they were not literally connected and. 
uh, then now th- alluding to a possible connection like what he what kind of so insight did he give to you this, this was this was this question was was from anonymous um because a while back i think this might have been during during 2.0 when you know once people started playing it and they're like oh assians oh wait those are from 12 like what's going on like you know zodiac uh, brave yeah. mask looks like the thing from Mate- like what's going on that's true and i forgot yoshida, about those connections yeah. yoshida went to the official forums and he's like Ivalice is not Eorzea. Like he's just like stop. This it's not a thing. They're right. not the same world. They're not literally connected. Well, because there um, was there were a lot of theories like that. Ivalice may be on one mm-hmm. side of the globe, oh, yeah. and that oh, yeah. that we're just on the other, and we just or don't. That, I always figured Ivalice was like one of the other worlds. Well, well that was like, yeah, but in, now, his answer now just general. seems so like wishy washy. Like like when he said well, Ivalice no, is what, not. What he says he says is he still stands by what he said, but what he says is that we should look forward to Masuno-san's interpretation of what uh, Ivalice is that's, inside of Eorzea. That's that's so weird though, because the question is just literally: Does Ivalice exist on Eorzea? Yes, it does, or no, it doesn't. How is that open to interpretation? I don't know. Uh, it, it, it does, but it's not the. I think Ivalice. what he's saying is that it's not the same Ivalice from the other games. It's going to be a reimagined. Correct. Of it. So it's not literally connected FF12 and FF Tactics and Vagrant Story. It's its own Ivalice. Okay, it's still. We don't have Japan in AORZ. We have Doma, which is Japan in another name. It's, well, it's like the Crystal Tower, right? It's from three. I'm using quote fingers, right? Uh-huh. But it's it's Eorzea's version of right. it. And that's okay. what we're going to have with Ivalice. Obviously, it'll probably be heavily inspired since Matsuno-san is helping to direct all that stuff. But it'll still be Eorzea's version of Ivalice. Yeah, so, 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 so do you... So, we're not like, oh my god, we're going into the game of FF3. This okay, so do you... do you Fusion, do you take that meaning as we're going to have an event somewhere in... The you know the the uh, Stormblood storyline right or uh, the Stormblood expansion that is a reference to FF twelve but also exists in Eorzea much like the Crystal Tower does. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it's going to be. I mean, we've known for a while, and I think we talked to Koji about this uh, two or three years ago. Um, I mean, if if you look, it was the one of the other language versions had a mention of uh, Gaius being from uh, shit. Was it, it was Dalmasca or Rabanaster, like one of those. Oh, wow. Um, really? So we know that those cities, I mean, it's like Doma. Doma was in another Final Fantasy game. You know, it's like they reused yeah. little things here and there, right? And so we knew that there was there were these cities. But now with Return of Evil, we can go, oh, it's probably a region. And so I think what we're going to do is we're going to go to Othard. We have that, that eastern part of the map that's kind of mm-hmm. open up. I think... Ivalice is probably going to be, if you go a little left towards that giant swirling cloud around Garlemald, it's probably kind of up towards that way. Mm. Um, And that's, you know, I think it's just going to be the 14 version of Ivalice, which okay. will probably be inspired so, right, see, by now, everything. Okay. See how they put... Yeah, I mean, we like how we have Costa del Sol in Right, or, right. Or, yes. gold and the gold saucer. And the gold saucer, yeah. Okay, save. see now that... That because uh, that was a big sticking point for me. That's a lot like, more palatable. Yes, I, I think initially when I heard "Return to Evilise," especially because they're calling it specifically that title, "Return, Return to, to Evilise." Yeah. yeah. When was the last yeah. time we were in Evilise? Final Fantasy Twelve. Well, but that that my concern for that was that you know it's how how do we get there right. like at yeah, this my... if this is if that's actually what they're doing you're right uh Escalia, i think um calling that much more palatable yeah. is uh, cuz i when i heard this i pictured 
oh, a cavernous maw just opened up and now I'm in Ivalice <laughs> no. and I yes. don't want that. And that's why I figured that, you know, how we learned that there was all the different worlds and some of them have been consumed by darkness. Right. I figured right. Ivalice was another one of exactly. the worlds that we would travel there. If there is just no. a region on this map that is called Ivalice and I'm, it's themed I'm after that, I can way live more, with that. Way more okay and that's, with that. And that's what it's going to be. And, and, you know, it's not like we're going to go in there and there's going to be this little weird kid running around going like, I'm Captain Bosch. Like, it's not, that's not going <laughs> to oh. be how it works. It's going to be, you're going to go into, into Othard and can, going to be this region evilly and we're going to be going through that and maybe it's under imperial control or you know some kind of monster control or something like that don't be and don't believe all thoughts lies to go into 5.0 oh my god that would you know what if, if there was a little kid running around saying i'm captain bosh and just like <laughs> whatever it's not it's just like the little whatever that fucking appears near an npc past localization to have just like a little I'm character sure it's by quick with like I'm bubble sure. text mm-hmm. yeah it's just a little bubble text that pops up near an npc no but i i really i really want i want the villain to like come out of nowhere and just like beat the living crap out of him you know what i mean just like i'm captain <laughs> just get done he gets yeah like like he gets decked like someone wearing a pair of vr goggles you know what i mean oh. like just he never sees it coming takes the full brunt of it and you know as he runs past the choke we could just kick him off into the distance ends up with a closed Don't head injury or something lies in your Oh my gosh. In this game, it's going to be Othard's lies. <laughs> all right. All right. Fusion. <laughs> fusion. lies and alternative facts. Um, so there is one. There's there's an aspect to the interview that and I'm really glad that you guys asked this because I think that this has been a concern, especially since we've seen some of the consolidations that we have uh, asking about could, you know, ability consolidation, you know, come from combos in PVP into PVE. Um, what did you think about Yoshi's response to this question? I mean, it makes sense. Um, I mean, basically what they no, said, you know, we don't it, even justify this. No, I, I'm not. I'm not just like, I don't think we, we need it. Um, it's it would oversimplify stuff, because right now what he said is it would be hard because you would have to take the directionals into consideration. Um, and yeah. And I mean, and there's some jobs, too. Like, I think Monk was the example he gave where there's so many different like paths for each combo that you can take where it would just be it would really be a pain in the ass they'd have to rework all those combos yeah, and really on simplify them and yeah, it would take a lot of the variety out of those jobs okay so and it would take a lot of the skill out too yeah see that, yeah. That, that's my concern he sits here and says so like oh you know probably not because it would be too hard to do what about uh probably not because it would undercut the complexity of the battle system yeah i i think he does kind of a disservice to himself not really making a defense to uh, uh to, to to the game design that he's laid out i mean you know that's that's i think and again going back to to the last episode i think that's one of the primary concerns that i've been voicing has been the consistent concessions that square enix seems like they've been making in favor of trying to attract an audience that hasn't already been paying the bills for four years and and to me that's kind of frustrating especially as one of those you know one of those dudes who feels like a rube who you know for paying the bills for four years you know um that to me is is the thing that 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 i get um blown away and frustrated by that here you have a perfect you know you have a a a perfect uh um you know opportunity to defend your game design Mm -hmm. and instead you go oh yeah i'm just open to the idea of making it easier i i that that seriously makes me question the long-term investment of of players to FF14 like it, it, it makes me question my own long-term investment 
Especially because like it's they're already kind of simplifying it in a way that like everyone can start to understand and do it easier. But yet to be the one who's able to get max DPS is where you need to learn the fight, learn where can I throw this part of my combo and what where do I need to dodge in order to do this move and get the right positional. Taking all of that out in, into one button is like what like it, it, it totally changed. I don't even I don't know. I can't even form a coherent thought because it's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's stupid it makes no sense and i can't even believe he's considering doing that yeah okay. well, pvp just, makes sense because there's so much um going on right we were saying this last time there's so much going on in pvp there you know there's people going everywhere there's explosions there's people chasing you down and whatever i get it but in pve where it becomes a like i don't know yeah if pve mobs moved like pvp ones like yeah not having directionals would make sense like trying to have directionals in pvp would be fucking impossible yeah well i mean keep keep in mind too i mean he didn't he didn't say no but he also has said no if 14 is going to be on the switch, right? He won't say no. He's like, well, maybe, you know, it's, it's just, it's, I think it's his way of saying people who are asking for it without right, saying no. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly what well, it, it is. Well, it is definitely like a Japanese thing to not outright say no to ideas. Like that's just a cultural thing. I don't know. I mean, in this particular case, he says, you know, that, that underlying system because they're using it for PVP, like that's there, but you know, they would have to make some, it's not impossible. We could maybe do it is what I, he's saying he's not saying that they would ever do it or that they won't ever do it but it's like yeah it might be maybe. something that we could consider if there is a right. large demand for it demand and see yeah. And, yeah. That, and that that's yes, the kind of that's, that's like the new please look forward to it but that's large enough demand that's the kind of language that we heard around the jump potion that's the kind of language that we've heard around the cash shop around so, easy mode for rating what 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 kind of but indication the, but the thing is there was easy mode demand there was not a jump potion demand so that's where i'm a little bit confused well i mean if you consider people from people who don't play this game then yeah i think there was a demand for jump potion but was there though i i never saw anyone from, saying oh man i want to play 14 but i'm not because there's no jump potion like nobody you know what said that. nika so, I, it, nobody said that but what it is is there's people that have friends playing the game and they're like i would love to play that game with you and then they get in and they say oh i have all this shit to do to catch up to you and then they lose interest and they stop playing that's where the jump potion came I in yes Th- then uh, then that person is not cut out for demand. an mmo if you, if you translate people quitting before they hit 50 as demand for a jump potion well, plus they also had it in the korean version and they were making money off of it so why not by no, that justification okay but uh, well but in, uh, but in terms of like what they're considering what players want or not i understand from like, the business perspective but from the players demand well, I, well, I think the, i think in, in that regard though right you, you say okay do people want this let's spend the time on it they already developed it so it's just a matter of like throwing over a couple, you know, have have localization, write up a couple different terms and throw them on the cash shop. There's not that much involved in bringing it over to to the global. No, you're right. You're right. No, so no, no, no. Like they're wasting dev time or anything like that. Right. But the the answer to why not is because it serves to demotivate the people who have been there and playing your game they don't long term. I look, I, I <laughs> but they need to, okay? If if the audience is the lifeblood of your MMO, if you're subscription based because it is, you know, FF14 is still a subscription model game, your subscription base is your lifeblood. That's what you survive by. And if you've been able to survive and profit 
off of the people that you already have trying to go and find and attract a whole new audience does not serve the people who have already been there it's only going to serve to alienate them Mm -hmm. and and i think a decision like this does alienate a lot of people who have been playing this game very loyally for a very long time i feel it too i'm just as frustrated as those people are because i do feel like that undercuts a whole lot of you know work and effort that people end up putting in well, you, you you put it that way and that, that's nothing new i mean even you know it's you know every patch comes out they make old shit easier like it's it's not really that a and that's of but a that's of thought from that but that's the thing is that they are already doing that right like the 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 process to go from one to 60 is not that fucking bad those these people who are joining their friends and going well oh i can't play with them automatically then i'm going to go do something Except else you can because i have plenty of friends that actually just recently started and i do dungeons with them all the time my, just my, level sync easy my point my, my point is is that you know the people who you have right now mo- uh, like a, 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 a vast majority of them have been playing longer than a year some of them have been playing a lot longer than that do you really think is it can square enix really reasonably bank on being able to depend on someone who's not even willing to go through the leveling process process which by the way we know that yoshi p considers the leveling process content and valid content people yep. have fun with it and by compelling god content compelling content yeah that's what it was and and so if that's compelling content and you know you you get an entire player base that just gets to skip that like what does how does that what does that do to your long-term player base to keep them logging in? Well, what? That they're playing with their friends? No! The ask originally from the developer in of the new player to, to from the start was not that big. It was not that drastic. And the fact that they keep easing requirements for shit as content comes out really undercuts the need or even the justification for a jump potion on any level. And I think if anyone's bitching that they can't come, like they started the game and they can't play with their friends, no, it's because your friend isn't making time to play with you because there are plenty of things that you can do with low levels. And if they are not playing with you, that means they don't care enough about you. Not because you need a jump potion. Sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. New friends who will play with you as a low level. I, I, I agree with that. And, you know, we, 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 you know, we touched, we glanced on the jump potion last week without a real opportunity to dig in deep on it. And I, I just, again, you know, the, the, the language that they're using around taking and simplifying PVE even further is language that we've seen, you know, creep around other features that have been implemented that you know it's it's pretty questionable to whether or not the jump potion long term is going to be good or bad i'm you know my only point is is that i think it's going to be bad i think long term you're going to see way more people who are just you know like they're not going to put up with it like they're just if people quit because somebody could like pay money to skip stuff like then they're a precious little snowflake in my opinion like everyone's like complaining like everybody's like stance right that they're bad is like oh i'm gonna do like duty finder and i'm gonna have like really bad players we have that shit already it's not gonna make a damn bit of difference if you're doing raid groups and stuff you're fine these new people aren't gonna bug you if anything they're gonna come in they'll stick around maybe they'll throw up some new stuff on the market board new players are always a good thing but it's not like you know all these like horrible terrible players are gonna like 
have that big of an impact versus what the, what it is right now. Fusion, you're okay, absolutely so right. Instead, the, we're going to have special little snowflakes who demand that they pay another eighty to a hundred dollars to start playing the no, game. No, exactly. By the way, I don't guys, think is ever going to happen because who's going to play a game where it's like, oh, to play this game with me, start by paying a hundred dollars. I mean, it's really it's it's really fucking convenient to lay the label that they're special little snowflakes on them when it's really this is the acquiescence to pressure external pressure on uh, on the company to you know to cater to people who have not been playing the game my whole point my whole point is that four five years into the development of this game they still think they can get new people are they fucking crazy? I mean, add an are they, are they stupid? Are they being, is Square, Square Enix is being willfully fucking ignorant at this point. If they think five years into the development of an MMO, they can attract enough new people that this shit is not going to end up bleeding their bottom line dry. They're out of their fucking mind. The, it's the big picture we're talking about right here because you're right. The jump potion all on its own is fine. You're essentially trying to get extra money out of those people that don't make it all the way there, right? They make it halfway through leveling, they quit. You want to get an extra $100 out of them, and then they'll just quit anyway. That's fine. That's cool. The jump potion by itself is not the problem. The problem is they keep making concessions. They keep making decisions that are similar to the jump potion. Right. And when you have five, six, seven, eight decisions that are on the same level as a jump potion, then the long-term players, they start to see all this. And they're like, all the money, all the development that went into these different things could have been spent making this game more or, or, or increasing the life, the, the, the life of this game for veteran players who would then bring in your new people Dev time isn't even a question like are you serious like all these like concessions they make to like make older content uh, older content easier to go through it's like they go into the code and they make something they change something from like a 10 to a three or so like it's it's so minimal. no 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 don't 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 mistake that no we're, we're talking about concessions on the level of like oh hey so stormblood's got a, a bigger budget but guess what we're going to be receiving objectively less content we're going to be receiving objectively fewer dungeons per patch oh, God. because again, again because uh why because we what like what hit to your bottom line did you need to take that oh you can't you can't be able to make the same fucking amount of content that you did in heaven's word which was a step down from budget a realm report exactly don't tout your bigger budget and then a smaller bot you know like a smaller bottom line for us in terms of content that's ridiculous you're cutting you're 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 fucking bleeding your shit like where are you where are you getting that we're getting less content uh, one of the one of okay. the um, they, they interviews, didn't, MMORPGs interviews. They didn't say less content. What they said was they're that spreading it out differently. It's not dungeons. less content. No, right. Less dungeons. We're, we're only getting, getting every other patch. We're only getting one dungeon instead of two. But here's the problem. They say that we're getting two dungeons on the even, one dungeons on the odds, but we're getting new compelling content. Compa okay. My question. Okay. But you know, this is leveling job is compelling content. My, so what the fuck counts as compelling content? My question is exactly what evidence do you have that is compelling content. From A Realm Reborn to Heaven's Ward, we saw that Hildebrand got neutered, okay? We got Deep Dungeon, which was actually fun and relevant for, for a lot longer than anything else, but even when we look at uh, uh, um, 
Diadem. Diadem. The first Diadem fell flat on its face. Okay, fine. They're going to redo it. They bring us Diadem 2.0, which was delayed because they apparently messed something up, and then when it came out, it still fell flat on its face. So tell me, from A Realm Reborn, what evidence do we have that they are able to come up with compelling content? Enough to supplement, like, getting less dungeons. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, yeah, you're going to make your your tome grind more ubiquitous for your casual players in favor of what? I'm not sure it is even making anything more ubiquitous. It's just making it more boring. In favor of what, though? I, w- I want to point out, you said, what, one new dungeon with each patch? Is no, no, no. Two? The even? No, the no. Even you get, get two. Every, every main patch, patch you get two, and then on the off patches, you get no, one new dungeon. No, that's not what it said. It said the even patches are two dungeons, and the odd patches are one dungeon. That would be 3.1 is odd, 3.2 is even, 3.3 is odd. So here's it. There's another concession that we take. These patches will contain, an odd, odd number of patches will have one dungeon, and then some other new content, and then you'll have... Yeah, right. Right. It's not Two saying main patches and spinoff patches. It's saying odd and even patches. So are you excited to have your expert roulette only have three dungeons? So in, and uh, you guys are just just fuck it. Yeah, just talk right over the donation. That's great, guys. Awesome. Good job. That's oh, it's done now. Way <laughs> to go. so much. We're so passionate. We couldn't even thank you it. for the $10 Veldier. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, and, and saying no jump potion needed. I, I, I echo that. Uh, and, and, and again, yeah, like, yeah, that is objectively less content and it's a step down again from a realm reborn. And, and that's, and that's the thing that's frustrating is the continual concessions. And and how much like how much shrinking content do we put up with until it's oh you get one pa- you know one dungeon per patch that's it yeah I mean if if they're giving us something brand new and compelling as in like something so new to this game like Palace of the Sorry. Dead every every odd numbered patch sure but that's not what's okay okay absolutely not but but you know what there's no way that's what's gonna happen but but you know what you sp- you have spent all of your 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 goodwill you know what i mean like like you can call it compelling content all you want i've got to see it first like i'm not you know, call it whatever you want eureka palace whatever the fuck i don't give a shit okay the it, I have to get my hands on the content before I'm going to go. Oh yeah, that was definitely worth sacrificing a dungeon because they t- definitely like what we were talking about before is they really just want us to have one weeks of content only and then log off to the next well, match. Like, well, at this point, they're getting closer and closer to that. That I, is a yes. I will concede this to them. It's not hard to one up a dungeon. So just just if if you give us something good, if you actually give us something that's better than that one dungeon, I will eat my words and I will kiss your feet all day. But See, until now that's, you I mean, do. Yeah. Because that, that's me. I, I'm willing. They try to be optimistic about that. Like, you know me, like I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But like what Nate was or what Anira was saying is like, look at their track record. Where is the proof that that is what's going to happen? Because again, uh, again, what did everyone say at, at, at FanFest when, you know, when someone would go, oh, man, I'm concerned that Stormblood may not end up, you know, even matching up to Heavensward. They go, oh, don't worry. Square Enix is spending more money on the budget. And then you look at what they've outlined for Stormblood and you go, well, where's that money going? Like marketing, Cinnabon. Yeah, we've noticed that. Oh no, Just no stop. fusion. If Twitter has taught me anything, it's that clearly your marketing budget and your dev budget come out of two separate hats. So I don't. So so that justification doesn't work. It comes out of two separate hats. <laughs> Seriously, someone I, tried to pass that off as an s- argument. Someone just mentioned like like 
they mentioned we have to wait and see, and I'm like, no. I'm done waiting and Dude, seeing. Dude, that whole way, I have yeah, waiting, no, no, no. I have been waiting and seeing since Heaven's Award. Yeah, I've been waiting exactly. and seeing since 3.0. You know what's going to happen? I'm done waiting and Heaven's seeing. Heaven's Award will come out, it'll flop, and people's justification will be, "Well, guys, guys, you have to give cut them a break. They're 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 busy working on the compelling content for 4.1." Well, yeah, yeah, and then I'll get to 4.1 and then I'll need to wait till 4.2. I'm like, I'm done with this. So, how is this? I mean, this is definitely going to end up affecting your, your dungeon structure if you go 212121. Yeah, we can't have an expert roulette with one dungeon. That's exactly. Exactly. Do you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be adding a third dungeon in the odd patch to that series of dungeons, right? Like that's they're just going to add another one into the experts, and it's going to be the three that rotate. And then the next even patch, when they add two more, that's going to be the next tier. Yep. You know, I remember back in 2.0 when we got three dungeons every single patch. Oh, that was asking too much, though, Juxta. They overworked themselves. And good raid content. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. It is interesting. And and, and a good story in the raids. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. You know, there was a, there was a question on uh, the Nova Crystallis interview with Yoshida where they asked if there was any uh, anything that they wanted to implement, any features they wanted to implement with Stormblood that they didn't get around to. And Yoshida mentioned there was a PvP aspect that they, or some PvP content they really wanted at launch, but everybody had already worked so hard on Stormblood, it would have been disrespectful to ask them to do anything else. Mm. You know what else is disrespectful? Every expansion offering less and less to your player base. Yeah. Especially, especially if you're touting a bigger budget. I mean, that's the... that Two hats in here. Two I hats. know, which is why, unless they're going to start teasing us, like, tomorrow about what this new compelling content is, we have no reason to believe them on this. We already know what it is. It's going to be literally the shit in Eureka. That's what's going to be their compelling content every odd patch. Mark my words. Well, look, I mean, we know that... We've, we've been knowing that there's going to be new PvP for, for a while now. We have new PvP. We have Eureka. We know they're looking at Blitzball at some point, which, you know, given... Other uh, gold okay, saucer stuff. God, probably flop. Uh, yeah. Fusion, uh, Fusion's gonna be awesome if that really happens. Fusion, you you talked to Yoship about the changes to PvP and what the progression in that looks like now, and, and it basically came down to, oh, well, now you know, you basically it's how many battles you fought and how much gear you've gotten. Yeah, it's prestige. They've That's all it they've is. turned PvP literally. I mean, it was already this, but now it is irreputably a glamour farm. That's it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's literally gold saucer minigame. I I do feel yeah, like I do feel like PvP has taken a pretty big hit moving forward. I I'm not I am not. But terrible. I mean I mean outside of like the first week of the Garo event, was it ever that popular though? You you know what? Like I I know there's like there's a lot of like really vocal PvP people, but mm-hmm. on the whole. Like, is it really that popular? It was I mean, more yeah. interesting. No, up for it. How long are the queues well, for that's some the of biggest, that? That's the biggest issue. I know a ton of yeah. people, myself included, who every time I play PvP have a blast, but I refuse to wait 45 minutes in the queue to do it. Yeah. That, that's the issue. And that, so people don't play it simply because of that. Or, or now that there's no chat and I can't say, hey, I'm new, give me a strategy. I think, they can't because there's no fucking chat feature. I think, I think having, first of all, I think having a three-faction PvP system um, makes everything a lot more difficult. Like mm-hmm. they really set themselves up for difficulty there because, you know, it, it, the, the thing that you, you that you don't I guess you don't really consider is you need all three factions. But like, that's even in the, fe- even in the feast, though, and the feast doesn't need that. That oh yeah you know you're and, right and you're right and, and, and even that the, the queue is still long I think but I think I think most players by the time the feast had come out had kind of uh, you know decided whether they had an invested interest in PvP or not mm-hmm. you but know even still people I know who have played the feast and thought it was fun don't queue up because of the queue times so it's 
it's just an endless cycle. At that I, point. It, it is. A, I mean, the faction system doesn't even matter anymore because you can queue up as a freelancer and just get popped in wherever. So it's literally just yeah that's now. True. But that that's that true. was very recent. Yeah. Well, like uh, Nero yeah. said, the damage has kind of already been done for a right, lot of right. people. And with this normalization of PvP, you might think, well, okay, now that everything's a lot more normalized, it's a lot more fair. More people will come in. But because of that, there are also people who are upset with the changes that now don't want to do it. So you know, it's it's six of some, half a dozen of the other. Dude, I feel like I feel like when we go and check the PvP boards in six months, they're going to be as empty as the um, you know Lords, Lords of Verminion boards. Nothing yeah. is that empty. <laughs> My I, heart is for Yoshi P. Oh, Ooh. wow. Ooh. Shots fired. Serious shade. Look at that. Um, I, I, look, I, I just... The, a lot of these interviews and a lot of these decisions really make me pretty concerned about the, the long-term health and just who you know square enix thinks it is their target market we for this. know who it is new and, new players the people who are not playing yeah and that to me that to me is the is the thing that um that, that bums me out because i i i do believe like you know at some point you have to switch your development focus from bringing people in you know from acquisition to retention yeah you can't just keep a game on like a permanent blood transfusion for all of its life not, not unless you're wow. Not unless you have 10 million people and you can end up absorbing that hit that okay, you take no, from people unsubbing with, in between patches. Here's the problem with the wow argument is that with Legion, the only reason Legion got so many people to come back is because the veterans who were with World of Warcraft told the friends that, hey, wow is actually fun in this expansion. Come back. And you know what? Case in point right here. Me, I came back to Legion because Kawa said, hey, this game isn't shit anymore and it's going to be better in Legion. So I came back. And the only reason we fell off is because we were playing Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> Thanks, Yoshi. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Yoshi. Um, let's uh, real quick go to our phone lines and talk to uh, Ramina Garamond of Siren. What's up, Ramina? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for calling in. What's up? Oh, it's a guy. <laughs> it's always a guy. Uh, no. Well, yeah. Well, Girls exist. Uh, <laughs> I promise. Um, I'm a veteran player since, I, I guess I call myself a veteran player since 2.0. And uh, the amount of concessions that I've seen for quote unquote making the game easier for new players starting all the way back with the bees and i think it was palace of the dead or something or not palace of the dead um whatever that dungeon was back then. oh 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 no i know what you're talking oh, about demon wall, demon right? wall yeah that was the beginning yes. that was the beginning of it that was the beginning not gotten better since nothing has ever increased in difficulty everything has always gotten easier yeah yeah and and as a veteran player, like since I've been here for what, like three years or something like that now, I've, I've been everywhere. I've done everything and I'm sure I'm not the only one. And for this notion that we're completely throwawayable characters, like throwawayable accounts because they want new players in. I mean, I've been here for three years. Should I not get a say in like what kind of stuff that I want to see in the game? Uh, according to some people, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. That, I, that's what we hear. Like, obviously, there are people that agree with us, like you, for example. But the people that find our podcast, listen to our, our, our YouTubes or come to the, the, the live show here and disagree with us, according to them, no. Yeah. Why should Square Enix care about you and Nero? Nobody cares about you and Nero. Right. And, and you're right. Square Enix shouldn't. But a Nero isn't the only one. 
we are voicing opinions that are shared by other people and and when i say square enix doesn't care about me i'm not personalizing it what i'm saying is is i've been here since 1.0 and square enix it doesn't feel like cares about me or anyone else who has been this invested for this long and and i I can i can understand and sympathize with that position because i feel it too i definitely feel it and 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 it's frustrating it's frustrating to feel like okay well i've invested in this for you know uh, as uh you know as uh ramina had said for uh you know three four years and uh, you know what what is the return that i'm seeing the the return i think that you expect is content that you enjoy and if that's not the return that you're getting then why why uh, you know why be sub to an mmo at that point you know if you make a popular podcast about it <laughs> Yeah. Well, according to according to uh, according to everyone who finds the show, well, it's only because you're making money off of it. I've got the perfect solution for this, though. Okay. Get rid of the echo. Take it out. Never ever put in echo into any of the savage coils until you have the gear or the item level next patch or expand. Take about easier thirty seconds. Dots on Bard. Okay. Thanks, Neve, Neva, Neva Frost. Neva Frost. All right, cool. I don't know. Go on. I I didn't mean to cut you off. Go on. (laughs) No, it's good. I hear the ring. I know to stop. Um, Until the next expansion, where I mean, who can't beat turn uh, thirteen now? I mean, who can't beat Bahamut Prime now? You can walk in there with three people and do it. So right. why was there ever a need to put the Echo in in the first place? And and that's the thing. is well, like They put it, an Echo before the level increase, though. The reason we can beat that is because we out-level it by a million. Right. Yeah. There's and there's Echo in current content. There's Echo in previous Alexanders. There's Echo in previous Primals. So it's it's kind of... But I, but I but I understand his point that, you know, if if, if you are going to out-level the challenge. If you're going to end up, you know, being able to, six months down the line, decimate the content anyway, what's the point in the early oh, in the it, early easing of difficulty? Because that's not hard to do, because right? Fusion, they just, catch up so Fusion, they just have to go in and change a few tens to threes. I mean, it's really easy. It's not like they're spending any time on that. <laughs> no, the, these it's developers so don't believe in, in when it's relevant. disparity between skill levels and disparity between players. So if, you know, who, how dare we let the Raiders have higher gear than everyone else? We have to make it easier so everyone can catch up. Why? Why is... Th- I, I don't understand... Me, no, me either. I'm just, I just, that's their mentality. I don't understand what this whole idea that everything has to be ubiquitous across the board. Everything has to appear fair for everyone. Why is that the norm Especially like for MMOs. Had, and we've had these conversations when we look back fondly on the times where players were helping each other and where things were fun is when it was hardest. Back when Titan Hard was impossible and the one time you'd get someone helping Titan Hard that already had their relic, it was like Hallelujah Chorus singing in your head yeah. and it was it was so much fun and these people would just help because they could. And that was what we liked to see. There was not only gearless, but there was play like player player le- i don't know just like you you look at those people like wow i want to be just like them let me work even harder to get that and it was just this whole sense of community strength and like competition and and want and need that we don't have now yeah i i definitely definitely agree with that i mean we've so talked like, why not like because ravana was really hard when it first came out people get knocked off all over the place why then give it echo why not just make it hard for those people until they either decide it's not for them or they get good right 
Right. Because the gear's not worth shit anymore at that but it, point. But, it, but right. But by the point that we outgear it by tone gear, then they can go mm-hmm. back and get it if they care. Yeah, if yeah. they don't care, then, then why do they need to do it? At that yeah. point in time, when it's relevant, let the people who can do it have better gear. Yeah, we, we let all, them show off their accomplishment and that they are better players or that they are smart. You know that they did they did an accomplishment. Let them have that gear and let them show it off. Yeah, we always go back to talking about uh, Titan hard mode for the relic. But what we have to realize is back then we didn't know any better, right? The relic was amazing the first time around, and we didn't know that they were going to be easing all of these requirements. So the reason that everyone did it and we were willing to help <laughs> people do it, and the reason that we were willing to put up with that challenge is because it was the fucking relic weapon and we needed that. But now we know everything's going to be eased as we go along, so there's no reason to do that hard content, right? Yeah, we just say, you know, I'll just wait until it's easier. Well, it, it, it comes both ways, too, because like I wouldn't do... Uh, alexander savage on my alt unless it was with my current raid group i'm not bothering teaching new people how to do this like why i don't need this item right i might as well do it when it's most convenient and easy and when did that change because as nika said we wanted to help people with titan hard mode we wanted to help people get past turn five struggling as much as we were and we wanted to help people because we knew that they needed this and it was hard yeah and and then i i've beaten it i know how i can help you but now it's like now you can just wait till it's easier i don't need to help you Hmm. why Oh, well, why should I help someone through Savage Mode when they can just go see the story on Easy Mode? Yeah, When that's they can part just grind it. tomes the next patch and get better gear than what's in here anyway. Yep, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's... It, I do wonder where that transition actually started happening. Because you're right, there was a time when I was perfectly willing to help anyone with anything, and that time has passed. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, think, I think we're seeing um a a a kind of confluence of factors here but i think what's clear is that square enix can't really continue to support a game that doesn't properly reward its player base through the game content and by that i mean either through gears or you know gear or stats or whatever it is you can't have this ubiquitous gear culture and also lower the skill gap like those two things can't happen in conjunction with each other the only way that square enix keeps its veteran player base around after easing some of these skill gap issues is to definitively introduce rewards that will reward a player much more long term than our current reward structure does where it seems to be a patch or two there needs to be a pathway for a longer term reward and and by that i think that there actually needs to be multiple right like there can't just be one reward there can't just be one carrot because that big carrot doesn't always work for everyone you Mm -hmm. you've got to give multiple carrots and put multiple carrots out there to make sure that you're 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 enticing the most amount of your player base as possible Uh, i think something something to remember too i mean you know we've talked a little bit about eureka and and how maybe that'll maybe that'll flop or whatever but what what they've told us so far maybe we will get something where it's that old you know that tight and hard uh mentality right where it's you have to go into eureka and you have to do this stuff in order to get your weapons and you have to work together maybe we'll get something like that maybe it'll be great we don't know yet we also know that for omega savage they said if you beat the end maybe you'll get some kind of like access to like a special area or something like that so there is going to be incentive the problem is we just don't know the details of them i I will concede you on the omega thing it's not like they're not trying we just don't know right about it i I will concede you on the omega thing because i do remember them saying that if you beat it on savage mode you get either an extra cutscene or 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 something changes in like the main scenario quest or, or or something like that but 
b besides we don't know what gives you hope about Eureka? Because we can't. It is fair to look back on how they've treated previous content and use that to judge what is going to happen with future content, okay? Because that's the only type of evidence that we have to go off of. And based on how they've done anima and relic weapons up to this point, and we know that Eureka is going to play some role with them, what makes you think that Eureka is suddenly going to be compelling, that it's going to return us to the days of Titan hard mode? You, you, you don't think that as... As the uh, as Stormblood goes on, that the requirements in Eureka for the relic weapon will be eased the same way they are now. They might, but again, we don't know what the requirements are going to be. Mm, right, I mean, when, well. when they when they talked about Eureka, when they introduced Eureka, Yoshida threw out something like maybe there's like monsters in here that spawn every like X amount of hours or something. They're basically taking all that farming shit from Eleven. And that sounds like that's going to be Eureka for the new relic weapon. I I said the same thing about Diadem, and and all I got was Fates in the Sky. That's I mean, you know, what that I mean? you don't even have to do right. We're expecting Fates in the Sky for Eureka. <laughs> I mean, at this point, th uh, yeah, my my expectation fates, has been fates set for so low. Weapon. Yeah, well, my my expectation of Eureka is is pretty bad too because of Diadem and because of Diadem two point Yeah, um, just a giant flop, but it's it's that well, and it's more that they you know, didn't write the ship whatsoever with the 2.0 like if if there had been more reason like i i think i would have been encouraged if 2.0 had been at least well received or at least as well received as palace of the dead was you know um and the fact that it wasn't and that that i mean god damn you try there's no doing dm right now you try to log in and do dm right now there's that's not happening no and i think a lot of that is and you know a lot of I, i've always been saying this with you know people are talking about like how stuff is always so hard and you, you know there needs to be but then they make things easy i don't like to think of it as like they just dump stuff down and make it easy i like to think of it that like because look i mean it's it, this isn't you know 11 era mmo right it's more focused on casual players and stuff and so everything needs to be accessible i think instead of like just you know like you have your hard mode if you want your hard mode if you want an easier mode so you can enjoy stuff yeah you can get into that you know but and it so comes it comes with a price, though, you know, yeah. like, well, like DM, you know, yeah. we're bashing DM, DM. I don't think it's accessible. You have to, like, go to Ishgard. You have to go talk to the counter and shit. Throw that up in Duty Finder. You'll get more people doing it. it there, I, don't, I don't I think that's the least it's of so the concern easy to get into it now. But I think there is that that level of, of entry, that accessibility where it needs to be, like, really dumbed down. So you can just jump into it. And I think that would help DM in where you would at least have people doing the content. If DM was okay, fun, I'm not trying to defend DM all the way. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I still think it's a mess. But right. I think, you know, it's it's like PVP, right? Where, yeah, they dumb down PVP a lot. Yeah, there's some people that are upset, but there's some people that are looking forward to it now. And if those people are, are in the majority, then that's probably for the better at the end of the day. But if Diadem was fun and or worthwhile, people would happily schlep themselves out to Ishgard to jump into it. Yeah, that's the thing is yeah. that I, I, I think that, you know, the lack of interest in Diadem is is bifurcated by the fact that it's bad, but it's also not rewarding, right? Like, when you have both of those factors at, at hand, where, you know, the long-term reward is, you know, like, marginally, maybe marginally better stats, and, you know, like, I just, that's not a clear enough reward to signal to people, go here to do your shit. 
if you gave people a big enough carrot or a juicy enough carrot, they would absolutely spend as much time as they needed to in Diadem to get the thing that they wanted. Nothing's there that people want. And I think that is more indicative of, uh, uh, you know, one of Square Enix's biggest problems that they've had with 14 ever since ever since really a realm reborn and that's been that every two patches everything that we earned before that gets thrown out the window and mm. and that i think is a hugely demotivating factor for players especially long-term players that see this cycle play out over and over and over again and and and, you know Kahlo, you made a really good point early on um that you know when it was when it was titan we had people making the investment because we hadn't been put on the cycle Mm -hmm. we hadn't been put on the treadmill we didn't know we just didn't know i think that's a great point um, Fusion, uh, I, I know that we've uh, taken up a, a ton of your time talking about uh, <laughs> everything that you've written over at Gamer Escape. We're going to take some more calls. I think we've got uh, five, four or five people hanging on. By the way, I want to thank uh, uh, Romina for that call. Uh, Fusion, you're welcome to stay on and take calls with us um, and uh, continue the discussion if you like. We also appreciate you being in Nero's punching bag today. <laughs> <laughs> if, there, I mean, if there are any, any calls specific to, to the Stormblood stuff, yeah, I can definitely stick around for those. All right, um, Kuki, you you heard that. So if we've got anyone in the canon that wants to talk about the uh, media tour, then uh, let's get them on and uh, and and have them ask Fusion a question before uh, we let Fusion go. Otherwise, we'll open up uh, the uh, call lines. You can give us a call. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, and uh, we invite your calls. If you've got a specific question that you want to run by uh, Fusion X that you think we didn't get, a chance to uh, ask or uh, we're not insightful or smart enough to ask then here's yes. your op- here's your opportunity you get to uh, it, it, we, we get to do an impromptu AMA so um, if uh, yeah if you want to give us a call uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype 810-515-8715 LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord really and, an AMA I mean it's not that I mean because you can call Fusion Fusion mm-hmm. what's your bra size <laughs> wow Bigger than I'd like. <laughs> uh, Juxta, what's yours? Oh, uh, three. <laughs> three. That's not how wrong it is. Good try. Good try. Like how he just Juxta says. the sea cup. <laughs> I, I believe that actually. I believe that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got about a C cup. I think I'd about uh, probably about a forty C. Bigger than a scallius. How about that? <laughs> That's factually yes, true. That is accurate. <laughs> and until we get that boob fund going again, I, dude. I seriously uh, was screwing around with employees at a Hanes one time, and I asked them to do a bra sizing on me, and the lady was just like, "Honey, your flat chest needs a cami." They're in the back, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, thank you for that." I guess I'll go buy one of those. Damn. Yeah. Savage. So she, she wasn't having any of my shit. <laughs> Uh, let's go back to our phone lines and uh, talk to Narnan Zart on Discord. What's going on, Narnan? Hello, everyone. Thanks for calling the show. So, first of all, let me just give a shout out to the London survivors and everyone in London from the um, the, the bad thing that happened there with the terrorists. I'm, I'm not sure if you are aware, but I got a few friends in London and I wanted to give them a shout out. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I actually, a very close friend of mine is over in London today. Uh, She was in Manchester uh, for uh, the Ariana Grande concert. And uh, she actually, well, I got a message during the last show that they got lost in London and uh, had to be walked through the crime scene. Jeez. It's grim. Um, But yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, Shout out to everyone in UK having to having to deal with uh with that craziness uh hope everyone's okay and uh yeah definitely if, if you wanted to shout out your uh your your friends go for it um you've you've got the floor well narnan you well done you've managed to lower the mood from where we were <laughs> yeah i know impressive <laughs> i don't know how that works strategically placed that's amazing uh you actually you had a uh, uh you wanted to call in specifically you had a question for for fusion right Yes, I actually have three questions uh, regarding the, his hand on the experience with uh, Stormbloods. The first. I, I will do my best here. <laughs> thank you. Uh, the first is, is quite simple. You mentioned in your article that the zones and um, the fields like 50% to 75% um, bigger. What I really want to know is regarding Kugane and the other cities, I'm not sure if you see, if you saw other cities, how much bigger do they feel compared to Linsa, Gridania, Ishgards, and Ulda? Um, so Kugane as a whole, and that's, you know, it's kind of like what you said too, is when you think about all these other city states, they're broken into two zones. And so where Kugane is one zone as a whole, it's not quite that total of those two zones but it's like you know if if Ulda and Limsa were like 2.0 Kugane would be like a 1.5 or a 1.75 so it's bigger than one zone would be but it's I don't think it's quite the size of what those two city zones equal into if that makes sense which i much prefer it this way like when you're going through a bunch of story missions in a row the constant zoning back and forth in yes. between those little zones is so obnoxious it is i would much rather like a slightly smaller overall zone but only one zone yeah and and i liked the way that um it seemed like kugane was designed because there seemed to be uh you know specific attention paid to the verticality mm, and which that I love and that was something i you know square enix may um you know they 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 may have challenges in in other areas but they've really got this idea of verticality and 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 designing good um you know zones that utilize that z axis yep. very very well and very creatively too um one of the things that i'm really can uh, you know really curious to see in and fusion um I, i'm i'm curious to know how many of the you know like did it feel like the buildings had an internal structure that was fleshed out any more so than any of our existing cities um, I mean, like for, for example, like I remember going down, there's like a, like a small, like kind of like port area and they have like little like warehouses that you could go into. And I mean, you know, it was just like bales of hay or like boxes or something like that, but there were definitely some areas you could go into. Um, when I was playing, my focus was just kind of go through the streets and just kind of look at everything and get footage of that. Sure. Um, so I didn't do, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, if I could go back, I would do like so many things differently. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot of, um, and I think you can see it in some of the, the, the video I took, but um, some of these longer uh, roads, they you don't go inside the building, but there's like stalls or shops that are kind of like on the outside, like like stalls. Um, but there was there was one building I know I could go into. It's it's I think it's probably like the main building. You know, there's like the hunt board 
uh, outside of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there's definitely like interior, uh, you know, buildings and stuff for, for Kugane, but a lot of it is also accessible, um, you know, just kind of like outside as you're walking around. So you don't need to like duck into all these different buildings for different things. That's cool. That's definitely cool. Uh, Narnan, before we let you go, did you have uh, one more question? Narnan? Sorry, you broke out. I, I, comp- I don't know what you said. Do you, have, uh, do you have another question before we let you go? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, f- uh, the final question would be, I'm sure you played on the PC, but did you feel any changes in performance, quality, anything from the drop from the PS3 and the improvements to the PS4 Pro patch and all, and all that, or the game felt more or less the same? Um, I mean, it felt more or less the same to me. I think the, the one thing I'd point out um, with uh, regards to diving, um, so like for the, the Ruby C is, is what we got to experience. Um, and so they talk about how when they introduced it, it's like, yeah, it's just you go in and it just there's this transition and it's relatively seamless. But there is loading that takes place. Once you go down, there's that kind of like screen of like bubbles and stuff that's actually loading in the underwater <gasps> zone. Dun, 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 it, dun, doesn't, dun, dun. it doesn't take as long to load as a normal zone. So there's definitely maybe there's some preloading or something going on there. And maybe that you know, is, is, was able to be done because of dropping like PS3 or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, a separate zone when you go underwater. And then even in there, there's your underwater kind of like your little bubble outpost or whatever that kind of zones as well. So it's, there's definitely something different kind of going on there that, than what we've seen before. Um, but maybe, maybe that's possible because of, of dropping PS3 support. So those, those bubble zones basically just act as your traditional type of zone where you've got, you know, you're it, it's just normal gravity and they just like, you can fight and battle under there. Am I assuming Presum- that? Presumably. Presumably. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, the, the dungeon, right. The, the history of the, of the violet tides, you can actually see that in the, um, in that tour of the East video where they're kind of swimming up towards it. You probably have to like dive down there and that's probably like where the dungeon entrance is or something. Gotcha. Um, largely underwater though. It's, it's kind of boring. <laughs> Ooh. Which is, I mean, when you, when you, when you think about it, right. Mechanically, it's basically, it's just flying, but with like a dark blue Flying sky. Yeah. And so, and then you can dismount and swim by yourself, but there's really, I mean, there wasn't much to do. I mean, I wasn't, you know, we couldn't do gather or uh, crafter classes or anything like that. So maybe there were some gathering nodes and stuff that maybe I just didn't see, or maybe there, uh, maybe there's some like sightseeing log stuff down there. I didn't see any of it really to me when it, when I went down and, and dove for the first time, it's cool. The first time you do it, you're like, Oh yeah, you're swimming. But then it's like, okay, what is this really? It's basically just a big dark blue area with some coral stuff that you have to go between to get into these like little underwater bubble cities. Yeah. Or See, that's that's kind of what I was concerned about when they said, you know, no underwater combat. Because I, I granted, look, that would be kind of a pain in the dick to program. I get it. It would have been cool though. It, it would, yeah, it would have been. Would it though? Would it? Have you done underwater combat before, Nika? Only in WoW when it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. So I, mean, I feel it, like they could make something happen. <laughs> They can't even make normal combat interesting. How are they going to make underwater combat interesting? <laughs> I mean, really, when you it think about underwater, different battle system, and yeah, that would be too much to do. Just imagine flying in any zone, but with no enemies. So, like, t- you know, it's like you go out to, yeah. the, you know, anywhere, and it's like I'm just going to like fly around, and it's like nighttime all the time. 
and I'm just going to gather or like go and grab a quest from this little bubble. Like that's all there's not, it doesn't feel like there's a lot to do. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm wrong. And maybe, you know, maybe they have some like sightseeing logs spread around something that'll encourage the exploration. But it's weird because when you think about it, especially the Ruby sea, the Ruby sea zone, it's a lot of like, kind of like little Island chunks. Yeah. And then the underwater, which I, it doesn't, it feels bad in a way because there's not that much land up top because of the water and there's not a whole lot to do under the water water. it feels like and so it's i don't want to say it's like a big empty space but i feel like there's maybe not as much to do in that zone as there would be in like a traditional zone where it's all in and there's fighting do you think that they're gonna add more stuff or do you think that that's like the final i mean we know there's we know there's gathering underwater but you, like, you you don't want to say it's about. a big empty space, but it's kind of a big empty space. It's kind of a big empty space. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. Well, I mean, it, it looks nice, but it looks just, you know, it's it's what you would expect underwater to look like. Right. It's, it's dark blue. There's some rocks and stuff. And okay. it's hey, not like hey, a benchmark hey. where there's giant like squids floating around. And, yeah. You know, see, like that's that. what it's, I was going to ask. Like, there's no sense of danger, like nothing at all. Zero. Okay. Zero. Yeah. You, you see some schools of fish and that was it. And you can see a little bit of that in the video that I took. But it's just, it doesn't feel like there's, there's a lot going down then again yeah yeah, it's a dev build and you know who knows what'll change at launch true you know in alice's law and heaven's war there's not much going on in that zone either but as heaven's war progressed we got a whole bunch of stuff added to that zone so i have tons of faith in swimming well like uh, but realistically all they can add is like another bubble thing to go and dive into but again uh, uh, you know like how much did we utilize the zones in heaven's word not a lot but but that was a complaint though like i want to feel like traversing the world has a purpose and if, mm-hmm. and and again uh, you know it just feels like another repeat of heaven's word where you just kind of cynically go through one zone it feeds you through uh, a series of levels and then you go to the next place and, and and now with this having so much empty space in there not knowing how they're going to utilize that at all man I, I i i just don't know how i feel about that you can feel bad <laughs> Well, it doesn't I mean, feel great. I, I'm hoping they add something to it, right? I mean, we know there's going to be gathering. I'm assuming they'll do sightseeing logs. It feels like they could do that easily, right? Like, I just sure. I don't know what else they would be able to add because there's Blitz no fighting. Ball. Oh, boy. Narnan, thanks for the call. We appreciate <laughs> it. If you want to call uh, Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Uh, we'll take one more call uh, with Fusion, and then we'll let him go because I'm sure that he's got other stuff uh, to do. Um, got to get ready Secret for... Secret cool kid meeting. Got to get go to. Gotta get ready for Twin Peaks tonight. Oh, absolutely. So... Oh, um, back to cool kid thing. Then. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think The Walking Dead is back tonight, too, but I don't care about that oh, right now. I... I you know, Is and I know this week that's you know what I, I have to I have to just make a point. You're a big Walking Dead fan. That's a pretty big deal for I you don't to like say. Fear that much? I, yeah. It just, there's something about it. It just feels it feels very much like a side story. Oh, I didn't hear yep. the fear of the part. Yeah, I yep. don't care about that either. Yep. Mm. Nope, I'm I'm with you, Fusion. Uh, but no, I'm I'm 110 percent on uh, on board with. Uh, with the, on the fucking uh, Twin Peaks train, so oh, dude, yeah, I can't uh, wait. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Um, all right, one more, uh, one more call uh, for uh, Fusion. We'll go back to our phone lines and talk to Zect of Sargentanis. What's up, Zect? Uh, not much, not much. You guys ready for some damn, damn good coffee? Coffee? 
We're ready. Don't don't do that. Y- yeah. <laughs> don't don't Damn encourage him. Yeah. You're justifying Juxta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're 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 telling Juxta that what he wrote uh, the 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 line and a half that he wrote this morning for our intro is in any way passable or even nearing acceptance. The only and it reason it was be. a line and a half was because the text was bigger. Okay. It wasn't a full sentence. I know he couldn't even. He couldn't. Yeah, like it, it. here's that double line spacing. Yep. <laughs> you guys are just so jealous that I got a good opening band and didn't even take like twenty words. I I just want you to do something <laughs> for the show. Anyways, anyways, yeah, I do have a question for uh, Fusion though. Like, quick question before I want to talk about what I want to talk about. Um, how does Red Mage feel? Like I saw how I played, didn't play really Red Mage. <laughs> what? Oh. I had another guy there. He played Red Mage. What did he what think of it? Put him on the yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that guy? Get Charles on the I, I phone. Feel, I feel like I explained this when someone I came get on, chuckles. God damn it. The jobs. Um, but from what I've heard, um, it, it's definitely it's it's cool when you can use your your dual cast and you weave in those uh, the slower spells, right? Because you can do like the instant cast with those. Um, from what I've heard, like the people that have played it, they really liked it. Um, obviously like MP management is going to come, uh, is going to be a concern at some point, uh, for those longer fights, but you know, we do have, you know, refresh as a role action now, so that'll help. Um, but, but from what I've heard and, and what I've talked to, to Charles about, uh, you know, he, he enjoyed it. So cool. sorry, I can't get more into detail about no, that. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Anyways, I want to talk about like, I guess I'm just stupidly optimistic for, um, Stormblood just cause I'm a big stupid final fantasy fan like, i feel I you, you i feel you i'm optimistic too like, like you guys Believe always complain about the same time i understand the complaints like i see where you guys are coming from and I, I guess it's just i've never played that many mmos like this is the first real big mmo that i've played and i just i love final fantasy i never had a chance to play 11 because you know i never had a job back in the day when i was younger and like the mmos i would play you know i would play runescape which was shit fly for fun which was shit maple story which was shit you know, so I, I well, guess I'm not like, going well, to argue with that. I mean, for sure, those games were all shit. And don't get us wrong. Eleven was a train wreck in its own special way. Yeah. in in it's own, every MMO is, you know, that that's the thing is that, you know, you've got to you've got to remember when we talk about um, when we talk about our experience with Final Fantasy Eleven. It's a little bit like hearing someone talk about those five years that they spent with Stockholm Syndrome under the care of some kind of armed militia. You know, <laughs> like that's the that's the style of uh, of of loyalty that Final Fantasy XI inspired. The problem is that there were some really effective um uh gameplay elements that got us to stick around and the problem i think is that we can i we we can articulate those things right like we know what those things are that we liked and you know we've expressed them multiple times and and i think you know as as you had said uh zach that you know while while you can maybe see uh where we're coming from on a lot of our criticisms maybe not share them some of that may come down to experience some of that may uh, you know there's like a variety of different mm-hmm. uh, of different things that that make people come to that to, to that conclusion but i do think that specifically for final fantasy 14 players that have been playing for such an extended period of time and been on the same treadmill all the way from 2.0 through the end of 3.0 that the thought of getting back on that treadmill again for 4.0 and doing it again 
on for the entirety of 4.0 that you know that that a lot of a lot of the compelling factors have lost their luster from the initial um, you know reason that we bought the game or got invested in the game and 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 we've got to be honest about that because to deny it I think is very disingenuous and because you know we are very open with that I think that it it, it ends up leading us to this you know idea that that there you know we know or or have an idea or, or or you know can can very succinctly say what we want out of the game and yeah that comes across as criticism a lot of the time um and and it comes off as very critical but at the same time i think that it's a very necessary conversation to have because we have been playing this for so long because we've got that extended context um to to, to be able to rely on and you know it, yeah of course the idea of of new content or getting back on that train doesn't mean the same thing that it does uh to you that it does to us mm-hmm. uh, you know Granted, we have been there longer. Yeah. Um, and I, it's not a way to discount your opinion. It's not a way to say, oh, well, you'll get around to our side of thinking. There are people who have been playing this game just as long as we have that still don't see our point of view. Yeah. That's fine. There's plenty of them. Totally fine. And that and that's that's totally valid. I'm not here to invalidate anyone's opinion. But. I, this is just, you know, given given the uh, amount of investment we've laid out in this, um, you know, to 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 make the assessment that Square Enix is looking at an audience that they don't have and trying to court them as opposed to the audience they know they have. I think that that's a pretty objective statement. I, I think that, you know, when you look at the business decisions and remove, you know, the way that you want to feel about something from the equation that yeah the truth of it is that you know we as long-term players are being a bit ignored or being a bit downplayed as we move here move on here in expansions and if that's the kind of game you want to play that's fine Mm -hmm. you know but uh, and 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 again it's not something intrinsic to to you know long-term players either this is just you know and and you can have disagreements about the way that you want a product to end up developing. We don't get to call that. But I mean, to say, oh, well, you guys shouldn't be as cynical as you are, <laughs> which I'm not saying you are saying that exact. Uh, people I, have. We have. We have yeah. gotten that. Um, we have gotten that. Yeah, we I can't actually, come on here and lie. We can't do it. <laughs> I, I actually want to commend Zach for being able to have a differing opinion for us, but also be adult enough to realize that, hey, everyone gets to have opinions. Yeah. See, Thank Zach, you, Zach. Yeah. Zach. Be did, like Zach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, so many, so many, so many people think that a differing opinion means that you're a shitlord. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's. I mean, I think that that's a very narrow uh, point of view on the way that people have disagreements. So, um, Zach- only a shitlord right. deals in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Outstanding! Oh, my God. oh wow! I was wondering why he was here for this entire episode. That, that was it. That you, was it. You can leave now, Juxta. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> You're dismissed. You can go. Thanks. All right, got my money. I'm out. <laughs> Peace. Uh, Zach, thanks for the call. We appreciate yeah. we appreciate right. hearing from you. 
Yeah, no problem. All right. If you want to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, limitbreakradio.com slash Discord. Fusion, we're going to go ahead and let you go. I know we've kept you for a really long time. But, That's all good. Um, you know, I appreciate you uh, hanging out and answering our questions as well as the audience's questions. Uh, it, it's been interesting to get a uh, firsthand perspective on what some of these changes are going to, uh, you know, going to actually end up feeling like, not just looking like on paper. And I think I'm actually a little bit more encouraged and 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 a little less, um, you know, like this is going to be bad, that the foregone conclusion is that this is going to be bad as I was last week. So uh, Fusion, you've oh, walked. You've I walked. Got a question for Fusion before he goes. OK, oh God. you talked to Yoshi P, right? Yeah. What did he smell like? Oh, my gosh. What? All right. Well, why, I want to know now. Why too. is that <laughs> your question? Because it's juxta. Why does that surprise you in the least? Yeah, that that shouldn't surprise. Is he an axe body spray kind of guy? What fusion? This is your first. This is not your first rodeo with Limit Break Radio. You should not be surprised by that question in the least. You would, you would think I wouldn't be. Yeah. No, you shouldn't be. I'm not. We, we we weren't we weren't sitting right next to him. He was he was probably a good seven feet away. So I really didn't have. You know, I wasn't you, like, in a good smell range. Before, like been near him in previous. Yeah, years. I didn't like lean over and sniff him. <laughs> you didn't. You <laughs> didn't. That. You didn't take the opportunity to get right up behind him and just like right over his shoulder. <laughs> never, never really been. You know what? To be you fair, you smell like nerd, boy. Fusion. It's not fair of them to come at you like this. Uh, Nika, what did Soakin smell like? Oh, yeah, did, oh did you not sniff <laughs> Soakin when he was punching your fat cat? No. Okay, Fail. what what did Susan Calloway smell like? We can't angels and dreams. <laughs> I was gonna say we cannot answer this without sounding like the biggest creeper. I was actually gonna say, yeah, you, I, and dreams you guys is a pretty good answer. You though. actually have an answer for them. If she listens to this episode, we'll never hear from her again. Well, we said happy birthday from her. Well, hopefully, she tuned out after that. Between yeah, but well, uh, fortu- <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, you've got like two and a half hours between then and now. So crimson tinted says we've gone down a dark road, friends. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Truth. Fusion, thank you so much for uh, hanging out. It's uh, It's been awesome to catch up with you. Gamerescape.com is the website. Make sure you go check it out for all of his awesome videos, write-ups, and screenshots from the Stormblood Media Tour as well as Aetherite Radio. Uh, you guys have just recently put out an episode where you guys talk about a lot of your experiences out there uh, at the Media Tour. So uh, go check that out on iTunes as well as over at Gamerescape.com. Fusion Man, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Um, so let's uh, let's keep taking a couple of calls here. I know we've got a couple of people hanging on the line. Uh, let's talk to Rendos Eros of Leviathan. What's up, Rendos? How's it going, everybody? Good. Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. And uh, I just wanted to uh, talk about, you guys mentioned earlier, like the they laid out like the patch, like what they were planning on doing each patch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you kind of, you know, a little bit of a setup for this, but, um, so take A Realm Reborn, right? We're just going to start from A Realm Reborn, and that's a new game. And Heaven's Ward is their first expansion. Okay. And Stormblood is a second expansion. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so Heaven's Ward seems kind of similar to what A Realm Reborn was. So, the, the same layout, you know, same, you know, tomb grind, you know, gear, all that stuff. So, now with Stormblood, it... The setup seems, you know, pretty similar, but 
then they tell you, so do you guys want more of the same? Because like you're complaining that they're going to give you less dungeons or anything like that. Do you want just more of that same shit? Or when they're telling you they're going to do something different per patch? Um, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, okay, no, well, what I Are think you complaining about that? No, no, no. I don't think we're complaining about that. I just think that it's. I think it, that's a novel thing to say when you haven't outlined what that content looks like, right? Like that's uh, that's a cute idea, okay? Right, Square. If, if let's say I'm talking to Square Enix, right? Like that's a cute idea to remove. What, what I forgot to mention I had my birthday on Thursday. Oh, happy birthday. I'm finally celebrating it. Ah, oh, happy birthday. Zach, thank you. Uh, and happy birthday from us uh, here at Limit Break Radio. But no, if I was talking if I was talking to Square Enix, right? I would just, you know, I'd say, look, that's a cute idea that we're going to get more content at the expense of one of the dungeons every other patch. But... You know, we're two weeks out from the release of this expansion, and you're not going to tell me what that is. We mean, we're two weeks out from this expansion, and we don't know anything about Eureka. If it is a rehash of DDM2, who's going to want to play it? Yeah, who's going to want to sign up for that fucking that fucking grind? And yeah. like, no one. When we came off of. Uh, Realm Reborn, you know, we were at three dungeons and we went down to two, and we heard the same kind of thing. Not necessarily from SE, but from when, when we were having this discussion, like, oh my god, they're from going the down to two dungeons. Oh yeah, but what are we going to get in its place? And right. then we were subject to disappointment for an yeah. entire expansion. Yeah. You know, I have a hard time accepting that again. And, yeah. and that's exactly, like, that. that's exactly it, is that there was a concession that we took from a Realm Reborn to Heavensward, where they said, okay, every patch you're going to get one less dungeon, right? Like, you're, we're going to go from three dungeons every patch to two dungeons every every patch and we said okay that's fine as long as whatever you make that development time up with is worth it and what we got out of it was i'm, I'm not even gonna like it would be fair it would be unfair to say lords of verminion right like i'm not even gonna th- shoulder them with that one but yes, that's a wonderful thing but the thing is is I, I think that out of that you know we justifiably got deep dungeon which is okay mm-hmm. not bad yeah. but limited time span limited life cycle on deep dungeon and then we got diadem which was a disappointment the first time and was even more somehow even more of a disappointment <laughs> the second time yeah. i don't know how you do that like frankly square enix i'm impressed that you were able to fuck up diadem as badly as you did having a second go at it and it's those types of concessions that end up concerning me it's those types of concessions that make me go okay well if we're losing yet another dungeon for the at the expense of new content like at least i can play dungeons Mm -hmm. at least i can fucking do dungeons without having to move heaven and earth to get people to participate like you have to in diadem or deep dungeon for fuck's sake like if you if there's gonna be a trade-off at least tell me what the trade-off is gonna be yeah uh one more thing too to what you mentioned too and how we had the same structure from uh a realm reborn to heaven's ward even going into Stormblood, just because we know that we're gonna, you know, we're losing one dungeon every odd patch and getting some new content, that still doesn't change the overall structure of what we're gonna be getting. Tomes, grind for that, 
We get a raid, then we get new tomes, then a raid, then new tomes. It's still going to be the same grinding structure. Right. And I think the only thing that we're really advocating for is a change, is a change in something, either, you know, the, the a change in the way that the content is presented or a change in the way that the reward structure and, is presented. One of those two things has to change or else I think you're you just you end up with a player base like a long term, a veteran player base that goes, well, what's the fucking point? And for me, like one of the things that worries me is that kind of it's a very small incremental decrease. Like if they had come out and said uh, in no in four point X, we're actually not going to have dungeons anymore. We're going to something else. Well, then I'd be willing to bet like, oh, well, you must be doing something else. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know what? My reaction to that uh, to that would be tell Bold. me. Tell me more. Tell Square me more. Enix. I, I am. I am interested. How are you, you going? My attention. How right. are we're you going? Abandoning the dungeon structure. How are you that, going to supplant that's that? That's just a yes. crazy idea. But my point is like what I don't like is this like a tiny little increment down. It's just one dungeon being taken off. Okay, that to me reeks of well, this is just less content. Yeah, that and that's what's worrisome. And here's here's the ugly bit. And to be frank, uh, Callow, I haven't been able to get this comparison out of my head since you said it to me. Ooh, Square Enix, you to me are Electronic Arts. You are EA to me now. You don't get my benefit of the doubt anymore. Especially not in FF14. So no, I'm not excited about any words that you say to me anymore. Just like I'm not excited about any words that EA ever says to me. I have to see it before I believe it with you now. Yeah. That goodwill and benefit of the doubt with me is gone. So if I'm up here and I'm not complaining about things like, oh no, Summoner gets Bahamut and Dragoon doesn't get a Wyvern. That's a complaint you get out of me when things are going well. Right. That's when I have to, uh, <laughs> where's, what's something I can nitpick for a fun bit on the show this week? This is bullshit. Bullshit. I, your game is bullshit, and every word that comes out of your mouth to me is bullshit. I, I'd like to Prove point it. out that, that someone commented on last week's show that they needed a Scalia here to even out the salt. <laughs> Mm. Wow. Ascali is mm. a Nero Jr. So, so, Ren- little, so little daddy. <clears throat> so, oh. Ren- <laughs> Rendos, Rendos, I, I, I think that sort of more strikes to the heart of our criticism is that more, uh, you know, Square Enix has really lost that benefit of the doubt, the ability to with their audience, or at least with us to go, uh, just don't worry about it, guys. We've got this. And, and for us to sit back and accept that as an excuse and, and to where, you know, it's, it's more like, okay, well, prove it. You know what I mean? Like, that that's a cute idea, but you know what? I'm going to criticize that move un- until and unless the content that you are coming in and replacing that that proven piece of content with, um, it, you know, is is worth doing. So yeah, I, I think that there's I think that there's a pretty uh, stark trade off that ends up happening there. Um, so uh, did did that did that you know strike at the heart of your question, Rendos? Yeah, and basically, I think I'm just being a little more optimistic just because I'm looking at it as okay, they did their first expansion. Now, hopefully, they learn from their mistakes, and in their second expansion, they give us more things that are new and and different than just the same old stuff. We're I, hopeful. I, I'm again, saying, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of us held out that same hope for Heaven's Word. And I mean, maybe maybe that that framing of, okay, well, this is their second expansion. Maybe that's a little bit more fair. Maybe that is a little bit more fair. I think a lot of us, you know, come from the approach that, you know, this game came out in 2010 and I that's when I bought it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so so a lot of us think of it in in a much longer, uh, um, you know, area of time. Yeah. But I do also think that, you know, uh, they're 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 making a lot of the same mistakes that 
Blizzard did, but that Blizzard was able to kind of see to the other side of because they had such a massive player base. And I think that Square Enix doesn't have those same margins to gamble with. And that's, I think, that's, I think, my biggest concern is that we don't have the number of people to lose. Like, at some point, you lose a critical mass of people. This shit goes down like this shit becomes irreparably damaged to the point where they end up putting a free to pay free to play model on it or it just gets shut down altogether. And and people poo pooed me last week when I brought that idea up is that that's that's where these little concessions end up leading is that these little concessions end up uh, you know leading down the path to one big concession once you've hit your critical mass of people leaving and falling off the game and you don't want to accelerate that you want to try to stem the bleeding and i see these moves as accelerating that Uh, and that's that's my opinion and you know clearly square enix doesn't agree with me you may not even agree with me that's fine we can still all enjoy the conversation and and talking about Stormblood. I mean, it's not going to prevent me from buying it. I was at the end of the day, we're all getting Stormblood in 2 weeks. Exactly. And, we'll know then. and and no one and no one here has ever been has ever been advocating for you our listeners to limit break radio to cancel your subscription no one has ever said that no one has ever advocated for that no one has ever even you know tried to make a vote with your feet make a point to square enix and cancel your subscription and let them know how unhappy you are no one has ever said that no one has ever encouraged you to do that and none of us are doing that either all of us are maintaining our subscriptions. All of us are buying the fucking expansion. So when you sit here and call us haters, like some of some of these dumb motherfuckers do, I, I really think that you've got to go back and you've got to, you know, recalibrate that criticism. I mean, most of our most of our criticisms are fairly well calibrated. They're not at you either, by the way, community. They're yeah. more, I mean, some of them are. A couple. Uh, like, you know, like uh, uh, easing steps of faith. That's one that. That was one that was at the community. Yeah, yep. I can, I Absolutely. can that was fairly level that at the community. But most of it is very pointed at Square Enix. The bulk, oh, God, the bulk is straight at Square Enix, which is why we believe they hate us. And in some cases, they're probably justified. I hate us. I, well, we, of course, if hate I, us. We if, couldn't do this show if we didn't hate us. If I was Square Enix, I'd hate us, too. Uh, yeah, I think so. When are these assholes going to shut the fuck up? I even though we're not Square Enix. <laughs> Good. We all hate So we all hate each other, and that's really what we should all take No, if from I this. was Square Enix, I would love us. What are you talking about? No, you, Nico, you would I hate you the most. <laughs> well, I, I hate you the most, too. Well, then that's just beautiful. Glad we got that all out. Rendos, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. We're taking your calls uh, as we uh, wrap up the show here. We've got about 15, 20 minutes left here in the show. Um, let's uh, let's hear some more. Like There were some more out of these. Um, some of these interviews. Some out of these, these interviews some of the, that you could. Yeah. Some of the more interesting things are. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and skip over that, that, that level <laughs> boost stuff there. Um, okay, here's one. that There's not a really big answer here, but this one actually kind of surprised me. Uh, the question was, will Astinian play a major role in Stormblood since his, depir- since his disappearance? I never really thought or, or even entertained the idea that Astinian would come back no, for, I figured for, he'd for just some be gone. reason. Yeah, but the answer was, please look forward to it, which makes me think that... Oh, my God. That, yeah, they're going to bring Astinian back, guys. That's- I think I would be cool if we saw him as like a cameo in one 
side thing while he's like on his journey and then he's gone again. He should I, not be like part of Yeah, this. see, here's I want literally us to just be doing stuff and occasionally you'll see him like walk by in the background doing something else and you're that just like, was that a awesome, And I would be totally on board for that. Why well, is he here? You know, there was actually a, a question. I forget if it was in the if it was in the Dual Shockers interview or if it was in the one by Nova Crystals, but but the question was uh would you say that there is more of a uh focus on a character-driven narrative in Stormblood than there was in Heavensward? And one of the things that Yoshi says is first of all that he tells the uh, MSQ and the quest team that the focus should always be the warrior of light all everything that's happening should be driven by his decisions and he should affect the people around him which I think we see all the time yeah yeah but one of the comparisons he made was that in heaven's ward our sort of quote-unquote party was us Alfie Yasail and Astinian right? right and we got them into our party and we traveled with them he said in stormblood you're going to be getting you're going to be meeting a lot more people who are sort of like joining you and your party a lot more often but as a result, as people join, people will also be leaving as well. So I think that A means that we're going to see a much bigger cast of characters. But I think uh, that if, if they're going to bring Estinian in, I think they're actually going to use him. And I could see him maybe coming in in that aspect, helping well, us with something small or, or, or a short period of time and then leaving again to do his own well, thing. Well, uh, it's something to keep in mind. I mean, we had a big reset between... Uh, a realm reborn and heaven's word where we didn't know where where our companions were That's we don't true. have that same uh, unease or or question mark or um you know uh there's not that same mystery moving into this one we know where all of our companions are um you know if you thought about it as like a uh you know um a, a, a board a game board right like we know where all of our our pieces are right like we know where all of our critical players are there's no one that's unaccounted for anymore mm -hmm. whereas at the end of a realm reborn we were very isolated we all of our friends had just either you know uh, ostensibly as we thought died or um, prisoners or in prison yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so you know I, I i think that there is the narrative ability to make that work mm -hmm. and i I know that there was a big groan about Astinian coming back, whatever. It, it it makes sense. You know, if you're going to be recruiting people to some kind of rebellion or some kind of, um, you know, some kind of uprising, then, yeah, you're going to want, you know. The you're Azura gonna, Dragoon. Yeah. Like, former. Who, who I, I get that. Want them on their side. And I like the idea, too, of your party kind of swapping out more frequently because the, the unfortunate no the unfortunate problem of an mmo that. is that your main character is always the least interesting part of the group so when you're with alphano isail and astinian for a long chunk of time they become far more integral to the story than you do you're just the muscle wherever yeah, you go but see i i prefer mm -hmm. having the same I, I because what then ends up happening when you swap characters in and out is if there's a character that really outshines everybody else or, or one that you're really drawn to now you don't get as much time with them and and the game doesn't have as much time to develop them because now they're sharing the spotlight with other people who may or may not be as interesting or less interesting right. i would prefer to have like you know that that solid group of people that are there throughout the entire thing. you know what i think you know what i think it was i think square enix heard our interview with astinian and they were like this guy this guy knows what's up they we can't him back we can't this, let this him going somewhere exactly like we can't let this guy you know i can't just let him fall off the radar uh, Gisela brings up an interesting point in the chat. Maybe Astinian will play a role in the Dragoon job quest line. That's also very possible. That That's where yeah. his appearance will be this time around. You know what? That's actually a pretty simple way to interpret that answer. Then, Yeah, yes. actually, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. All um, right. Yep. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Sensi of Sergeant Tannis. What's up, Sensi? 
Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. I thought that What's was happening? Gonna be a girl. <laughs> Senji, no, Senji. I'm sorry, Senji. Well, I we exist, girls. Where are you? Call in, girls. We need you. Nika is not a girl. You're barely a girl. <laughs> I am extremely a girl. Why? By the way, Nika, why does your character look like to uh, be awful? No, I was gonna say like you look like a replicant from uh, from Blade Runner. What the shit is this? Um, they're all loosely based off of Nier. He knew what I was doing with Tubi. My monk looks more like Tubi. Yeah, well, you could even You're say... You're not that. wearing pants, Nico. I, Put pants Tubi on. Tubi doesn't wear pants. I'm sure that Blade Runner was a big uh, influence to something Considering like Considering the Automata. first Nier also uses replicants. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there, my monk looks more like Tubi. They're all, they were all inspired by Tubi. You're, Good job. Good job, Kahlo. Your monk is trash. <laughs> no, you're, you're trash. You're all weeaboo trash. <laughs> Senji, thanks for calling hey. the show. What's up? Uh, I just want to say praise Juxta. Oh my! Don't that call! Don't yeah. encourage him. Do not like encourage that. him. No, no, no. God, first, he's not a girl. Now he's praising Juxta. Drop him from the show. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> no, you no. Know That's strike two. Strike two. You get one just, more. Um, I just had a couple of things I wanted to say about the salted joke sessions. Okay. Um, and it just seems to me like I have to agree with him and you guys at the same time because it seems like. They are making a lot of concessions towards those new players, forgetting about us people who have been here since uh, 1.0. Hey, hey, like you're, with- yeah, your your mic is kind of cutting in and out there, but uh, I think I think what I heard you say is that you know you agree with the fact that they've been making tons of concessions since 1.0. Yes. Yes. Okay. And it, it just seems like like with the jump potion. Um, with all these advertisements that they've been doing recently. Oh my for God, like, you're not kidding. Right? It just seems like they're really pushing to get a bunch of new people. There, there's not really, I haven't seen much done except for the super, I don't know if you guys heard about the uh, super savage one fight they're putting in. Yep. No, oh, I, well, I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're definitely going to get to that. We haven't had a chance to talk about it just yet. Um, thanks for the call. Senji, you're a little tough to hear, hear you. Um, sounded like uh, maybe your mic attenuation wasn't uh, turned low, quite low enough and that it was just kind of clipping the ends of what you were saying. But uh, what, you know, like I, I, that, that that's exactly, you know, that's exactly kind of what we've been getting at is these small concessions over time end up adding up to one big concession. And and I think that that big concession, like like at what point for you as a player, does it reach an untenable point? Because I think for most people, it's not there yet. And I'm not saying it's there for me either. But what I'm what I, what my point has been is that if this is indicative of the way that the, the game is going to continue developing from this point on, that it is not inconceivable that somewhere down the line, 5.0, 6.0, whatever that the bleed from the player base is going to be so great that square enix is going to have no choice other than to take it to a free-to-play model if yeah exactly the the idea is if they're always thinking we need more players we need new players we need new players once what they're doing isn't bringing in new players well if it goes free to play now more people will try it yes and and the thing is is you know um senji brought up a really good point um, is the marketing that we've been seeing around FF14 has been frustrating because 
I think so especially makes you want a honey bun, especially in especially with marketing. You know, like I think most people who see that ask why, right? Like if you're why if you're because it takes money. Like you you you've got to pay money to get your logo on a fucking cinnamon bun or you know a, a Carl's Junior cup or whatever it is. Like that costs money, right? Right. Why is any amount of money being spent to attract a new audience and why in the world is it being spent in the areas that it is because that's the thing that's what i think i don't understand the most is the fact that who are you who are who exactly are you attracting with sponsorships Mm -hmm. of wrestlemania and cinnamon buns and carl's jr and fucking i like what other i think stupid stupid, O2. o2 is just a mobile network Okay, not just, just for that just one. Just randomly. Like, like imagine Papa it was just like John's. Hey, Verizon. Yeah, all right, there. Papa John's, that's a good one. What what a lot of people don't realize, because they like, oh, it's just advertising. Okay, but it's not just advertising. There are entire careers that are made deciding how you're going to market, who you're going to market to, okay? They didn't just pull freshly Cinnabons out of a fucking hat. Someone actually had a good, legitimate, in-depth reason why, or I would hope, why putting the, the Stormblood logo on Cinnabons was a good idea. Why that was the right choice, okay? You put movies on shit like that because it's a reminder that, hey, this is coming out, okay? Nobody that picks up a Cinnabon is going to look in and go, oh, Final Fantasy Stormblood. I forgot about that. Let me go back and play it. Yes. And and these these specifically these marketing decisions to me, reek of someone who did marketing maybe 15 years ago that has no concept of who the target audience is is or is supposed to be. I think and it's just throwing shit at the wall. On. Like, I've seen Call of Duty advertise on Mountain Dew. That makes sense Yes. Yes. Perfect but, sense. like, the places that we've been seeing the Stormblood ads are just weird. Random. They're random. Mrs. Freshly. Yeah. It does, see, and you mentioned they didn't just pull it out of a hat. Why they might feel like they did? They might have. Uh, I'd like to go all the way back to the when when A Realm Reborn was being advertised. Nika, on one of our shows, you brought up, because I don't think any of us had seen it at the time, you had brought up that they actually had a cool commercial that came out where like, all these people were like gathering, and then they did this really cool shift yeah, where they, they all like, turned into, the they all turned into like, their yeah, characters. It was really cool. Exactly. I saw it on TV. It was actually on television. I have not seen a Stormlight commercial on television. Yeah, see, that makes sense. Something like that would, I think, entice and someone. And that would grab any, uh, any gamer who's ever played a game even yes. as simple as Super Mario would be like, oh, this looks really cool. That right. makes sense in attracting new people. Rather than seeing a people. picture of a of the what is it is this it's the logo in all the in all the, yeah. the, the logos? it's just the logo like, on on honey buns like I'm way more likely to see a commercial or even see it on Mountain Dew and be more interested than in honey buns. Honestly, Nika, Nika, you're most likely to not even register that that's the FF14 Stormblood logo. You're more likely if you have a passing interest in video games or Final Fantasy, you'll most likely register that logo as something related to Final Fantasy 15. Square trying Probably. to recruit all the little children. Wait for the Final Fantasy Doritos and Mountain Dew. No, both of those would make way more those sense. Both make more yeah. sense. Those are yeah, fine. Instead, we're seeing it in really weird places. Like, I kind of understand 
the Papa John's thing. But the thing with Papa John's is it was like, you were already playing this game. So we're going to tweet it out to you on the 14 Twitter to let you know that as a reward, we're giving you this deal. Like that, it was more like, don't miss your duty finder queue because you already play this game. Like there was no advertising to people who don't play 14 to use the code. Right. That was even weirder. So that clearly was, I don't know what that was. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 15 is all over the media right now 15 is all over the commercials 14 is not that's what i'm saying is if you see a final fantasy logo and you're not invested in any of the content that square enix or final fantasy is even putting out you're most likely going to write that logo off as something for ff15 there's an x and a v in it exactly yep instantly boom you can make stormblood as big on that motherfucker as you want the only new dlc out is whatever the only thing that people are going to fucking remember is, oh, it's a thing for Final Fantasy. And if you're eating a honey bun, who cares? Like, why do you think that that's going to be that you're going to get even one person in the door? And let's let's be honest here. If you're eating a Mrs. Freshly, you can't afford a monthly sub fee anyway. <laughs> it's true. If you were going to, you know what, if you were going to spring for the real one, you'd get the big Texas cinnamon roll. That's correct. Yeah. Ooh, actually, well, that sounds kind of good right big now. The Texas cinnamon rolls are legit. I, I, I think like I those. might get one of those on the way home tonight. Well, to there, be, to we, be hey, fair. We, we have them sometimes down in the lobby. Really? Yeah. To, be, to be fair, I think that Escali is into anything big and from Texas. Fair. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for the call, uh, Senji. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, we're going to take, uh, I think, one more call. Uh, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. Um, Praise Juxta Butter. I put the <sighs> shit on everything. Uh, from toast to my long law fell loins. Boom. Oh, boom. <laughs> Gross. Boom. Gross. Can we not take another call? All over your face. No, it's not okay. None of that is okay. Can we just go home? Yeah, we can just. You ruined it. You ruined it. Congratulations. I don't know if it's just going home now. If it's maybe the heat in here or something, but the heat is that that really got like the vomit all the way up to my mouth. Could you imagine if Juxta was here? How much worse it would be? Oh, terrible. It's really cold up here right now. Where I'm at right now. Go to hell. Pants. Go to hell. Got a nice little blanket all wrapped around me. It feels nice. I hate you so much. Okay, so guys, have you heard about what they're doing to Sprint? The action? Oh, everybody's uh, in the Sprint does, now without using TP? Doesn't cost TP. Uh, yeah, but it also has a recast of 60 seconds, and it lasts 10 seconds. Oh, wow. Whoa, no, I didn't yeah. hear about that. That's Stormblood. But is that going to be during battle or just out or out of battle? All the time. Because I can see them using it now as a mechanic, like in order to avoid a big AOE, you have to sprint. No, I I definitely hope you have to sprint as a mechanic now. People already, you know, do that in some cases, but only once every minute. Yeah, that seems. Yep. Doubling the recast. And and shortening because it lasts longer than 10 seconds, doesn't it? If you have full TP. Yeah, Yeah, it depends on how much TP it consumes. Uh, For Dragoons is frequently not very much. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and take our last call of the night. We'll talk to uh, Crimson Tinted of Balmung. What's up, Crimson? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Good. What's happening? All right, so I have two quick points to make. Thankfully, all the content in the calls before me largely made the rest of them so I could set up for this. But I feel like we're in a situation now with Stormblood where we have gotten a wealth of information, the press tour embargo's been lifted we, we know so much now i think enough to say with confidence uh, and i speak i say this from the perspective of a veteran um 
all the credit that Square Enix had with me for releasing content and me trusting that it was going to be any good from a Realm Reborn is gone for yeah. me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to echo the Scalia on that, but where I go with that um, is as a result of that loss of credit, which is felt amongst many veterans at this point, um, I feel like it's time for Square Enix to do more to socialize the new systems and improvements they make to this game more than just a press tour here or a slight interview there. Yeah. I, I feel like, I, I feel like we've hit the point where we need to start getting things like test realms. So they start involving, you know, bodies of players being invited into maybe some kind of like closed beta situation to experience the content and vet it and vet the battle changes in the balance. Crimson. That's where we need to go. Crimson. I totally agree with that. And, and the thing is, is, you know, I, I like the idea of a PTR, especially for FF 14, because I think Square Enix taking the, um, we're going to design content in a vacuum approach has not worked since the community has figured out how to play the game better than they can design it. Well, exactly. I got news for you guys, because come 5.0, we're only going to get two dungeons every other patch, but a PTR in place. <laughs> you know what? I, right now, straight up, I'd make that trade. <laughs> I would. Take, I kind of would, I would too. Take, I would take two, dungeon, uh, two dungeons every other patch in exchange for a public test realm, so I could at least tell them, hey, this sucks before they put it out. I mean, that's not, that's not a, a, a terrible point there. You know, like that's 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 a pretty good point that if you bring in a public test realm, that means that you are going to be soliciting um, uh, feedback on your content and soliciting your feedback on the way that the battle structure is moving forward. And I think, you know, all all credit to Square Enix because, you know, they've run an MMO uh, in a closed loop in a QC environment now for three years. And that alone is really impressive like that. You know, you've got a pretty good idea of the way that your game runs. If you can do that, if you can pull that feat off. But as I had said before, the community uh, uh, really, you know, especially when you have a big active player community is going to be able to think around the problems that you put in front of them far quicker than you're able to gauge and you know they've they've tried putting us up against artificial dps walls they've tried putting us up against um you know uh uh mechanics or or variety and at every turn like we as a community go ah but that part of it's too hard you know like I can't get my retarded brother through it. Like, okay, well, maybe he shouldn't, you know, like that's, that's my problem is that like this notion that literally everyone needs to see every aspect of FF 14. I think that's a very flawed way of, 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 you know, uh, making sure that the designers get validated. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like, oh, well, this guy spent a lot of time making this zone and we don't want to, we don't want people to not see it because this guy would be upset fuck that oh exactly 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 i totally agree and we have more than enough evidence at this point with data to back it up that reactive rate adjustments on every patch has been a disaster exactly multiple tiers of heaven's word a disaster you've got to bring your community in on on your qc development level to be able to figure out if you and especially for rating especially for rating 
again, I think that's where Square Enix gets rating really wrong is that they do it in this vacuumed off environment from, you know, um, and, and even in God mode, you know what I mean? Like, like it's this incredibly, you know, unrepresentative environment to what their players actually end up experience. And, and, and it's I, I how. How Square Enix could be looking at at the reaction to Stormblood with, you know, like and 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 not understand it or understand why people maybe feel burned by Heaven's Word or feel burned by the cycle or or burned out by the whole thing. I, I you know I think that's just if if they don't get it then they're just being naive. Um, thanks very much, Crimson. We appreciate the call. Really good discussion here, guys. Definitely. I I really uh, I appreciated all the calls. Uh, also appreciated Fusion being along to uh, give some firsthand accounts of what uh, hands on with Stormblood is going to be like. And again, I, I I am a little bit more encouraged just based on that conversation yeah. than I was walking away from last week's show. Um, and it seems like less people want to crucify me this week than they did last week. So <laughs> that's fortunate, too. Um, but, you know, like and, and, and I think that's the thing is that, you know, people were ready to jump all over me last week. And then some of these interviews started coming out and they went, oh, we're getting one last dungeon. Like, oh, we're we're they're not getting it. They're not going to, you know, clue us into what, you know, actual genuinely new content we're going to be getting with Stormblood. Um, oh, we're, they didn't even say shit about the Ivalice raid. Or uh, Eureka. Yeah, maybe. Fuck, or Sprint. Maybe, maybe these guys have a fucking point. Like, maybe, maybe... Maybe they're right. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but um, I'm always right. So, you know. <laughs> no, I'm always right. Well, I just like to point out that we had quite a few callers today that straight up said, as a veteran player, I agree with you. We're well, not making it up. Yep. So, you know, those people on, you know, in the chat last week or um, on on something awful, you know, who really, you know, wanted to kind of jump all over us for our outlook on the whole thing. Um, I, I really want to, again, I want to commend our callers who even the ones that did have a different opinion that did want to try to inject a little bit of uh, optimism into the conversation that, you know, the way that they approached it was, uh, was really, I mean, it, it, it led to more conversation. It led to more discussion. It led to people. I think I think now that we've had two weeks to talk out all of these, you know, all of these concerns and frustrations that now we're kind of coming to the, this middle ground where people are like, uh, you know, oh, OK, like I, I understand some of these reservations. I'm still going to be excited. We don't want you to not be excited for Stormblood, by the way. That's not the goal here. But that you can still maintain excitement for Stormblood and have concerns about the direction that the future of this game is going in. And and again, a lot of people really took umbrage with the the idea that this game could go free to play or that I said that this game that, you know, uh, d during uh, my my discussion with Joe that I had said, you know, that that the natural extension of all of these concessions is eventually going free to play. And I still stand by that. I totally stand by that opinion. I would agree with you if Eleven ever went free to play. It didn't. This won't. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think I think actually Eleven had maybe some technical complications. Well, I think they let Eleven fizzle enough yeah. to the point where like there, it's not. It worth almost putting became the, yeah, it, worth the time to exactly. let it go until it goes. But I actually do think that they'll just shut this shutter this game before they let it free to play. Really, I think so. Why too. do you think that? 
I don't think they would. I I think, I, I think it's a pride thing. I think they they before going no, announcing that their fourteen is free to play. Nah. Like I think they will just shudder. No, I I think I, I mean because free to play model was um, not even an emerging thing when Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Eleven was toward the end of its life. Yeah, it was a very valid uh, approach that a lot of companies were taking, and I think that they built in a failsafe that they have if they needed for yeah. Well, not to mention I think if, yeah, Square Enix is smart enough where th- I think they've laid out enough of a ground work where if they needed to go free to play tomorrow they would yeah look at the cash shop alone the cash yeah, yeah. shop is massive yeah and they're constantly like every two or three weeks you see new stuff added optional items yeah, added. optional items added that, and, and that's exactly it and, and and again none of that is is a clear 100 percent one-to-one ratio indicative that yes this game is going free to play and i know that in seven months it's going free to play no all i'm saying is that the decision making from a top-down level, is what ends up leading to those types of decisions. And I don't like that. I, I will always be skeptical of that and, and always feel like that's money-grubbing. Um, so, you know, that I, I again, I, I really want to appreciate I, I really want to thank everyone uh, for their calls. I really appreciate uh, hearing from all of you. Um, Juxta, you had found uh, last week that... Um, the the forum uh, community something awful had uh, yeah. had had latched onto the show like they we yeah, we so- had we had we had like five hundred people watching last week which I mean it it's it's pretty good up against our four forty seven right now um, but you know there were a lot of people from I think something awful like we definitely got on their radar for sure in a big way from this um, and uh, I know that 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 juxta you had uh, had had collected a lot of these comments with the great joy and glee um they're good comments i love them there's a lot of gems in here i'll 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 say that much do you want you want to you want to give us one you want to you want to dust off one of those gems and share it with us on your on the show sure all right Uh, this is this is like the first one that sparked off the whole thing and they linked us uh our twitch chat to uh to the thread and it's from sonic rules with a z what was, his, what was his avatar, by the way? Oh my gosh! Hopefully, what, Sonic was the it, Hedgehog. He, <laughs> was it? Was no. it? Was it? it a, better have been Sonic. Was it a paid avatar? Like, did he? Did yeah, he? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. It was it, a uh, a blue elephant. Oh, okay. Like hmm. like one of those like little baby type elephants you'd see like in like a little nursery thing or something. Aw, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, he says. Uh, holy shit. I thought you guys were kidding about how serious some people are taking the jump potion thing. I never really hang out on Twitch, but I saw a Final Fantasy 14 radio show on there and decided to check it out. One dude is so incensed. That would about be me. Idea that, <laughs> uh, uh, so incensed by the idea of a jump potion that his logical conclusion that Final Fantasy 14 would become free to play followed by it becoming paid to win sooner than later. I get that these hardcore guys are upset that some casual players are going to suddenly jump towards their position. I don't totally feel the same way, but I understand some of their points. This stuff is nuts, though. I'm not shitting on their podcast or anything, but it's seriously blowing my mind to hear this. There's some serious salt going around. So uh, I don't know how much under a rock you have to live to not realize that people are actually like 
have other opinions other than your uh-huh. own. Well, not just that. Not just that. But <laughs> like, no, I, he's like, it's not nothing about their podcast. I just it's blowing my mind to hear that people don't like this. Like, no, I think I think <laughs> I think what he was saying is that he it was blowing his mind to hear people talk so you know with such passion mm-hmm. about it, right? Because I yeah. think that's what I think, we do, though. We well, have yeah, no, no, no. This is radio. right. Yeah, this is someone who's clearly never never listened to the show before. Didn't they and, say they don't hang out on Twitch often? Yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. And like and and the thing is, is I think that you know there's there's expectation if you're coming from another podcast, if you're coming from another video game talk show, I think that the expectation is that most people end up talking like this. And, okay, now it's oh, my I'm turn sorry. To wait, talk. hang on. No, no, no. I gotta I gotta make it sound a little bit more authentic by being back here, and so you can't really clearly hear me, especially comparative to you guys. Um, but you can kind of hear. You can hear me just enough that it's fucking annoying. Animals in the okay, background. Well, you're and not supposed to have like, you and you can't, you can't. You're not supposed to have like any like emphasis in your voice. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, I'm. I'm it's, it, you're supposed to be monotone and objective because you need to be afraid that if you show emotion, that someone We're is going to make fun of you. And uh, you know what? Here's here's really the lesson, um, Sonic Rules, that I, I want you to walk away with if you happen to be listening again this week. And that is that when you when you're an entertainer and you want to sit down and you want to entertain a group of 449 people, generally what you need in there is a little bit of emphasis and a little bit of emotion. Now, if if you're curious, you know what? Again, I'm I'm going to stand by absolutely every point that I've made. I do think that you know, given these decisions, that you will end up seeing an FF14 that becomes free to play and eventually pay to win because if it goes free to pay or free free to play, there's no way that it doesn't eventually become pay to win. Okay, so given that. If you don't if you don't deliver that with any conviction, you're not going to be able to convince anyone that your ideas are worth even listening to. And I don't know. I, I, OK, no. You know what? I take that back. I do know you've never listened to this show before. Also, and it's just fun. I'm going to let you get passionate about things you care about. It is. Like, why would you sit here and be like, yeah, I'm not. I just, why do you want to? Yeah. Like, why do you want to listen to have a podcast about a game that you say you like if you don't don't have any passion for it? Like, let's be real. Yeah. Why, well, yeah, exactly. Why do you want to listen to four people sit around and agree with each other for three like, hours? Not take risks at all. Exactly. Like, that would everything in, in any kind of business or life at all, even in hobbies, like isn't a, like the way that you get better or the way that you learn new things the way that you have fun is by taking risks if you play it safe all the time and you just sit back and just do like that's boring and because because in in the re i think the reason that you don't take risks if you're doing something like this if you're involved in a podcast or a talk show or a twitch stream the reason that you don't take risks is because you're afraid of what people think of you yeah that way you can't fail guys you're yeah you're afraid of how you end up coming off you're afraid of alienating any section of your audience and and, i feel like you can't be a a person in media or in the public eye at all if you have that fear yeah i agree you, I mean, it comes with the territory regardless of how, like, you I mean, look how straightforward some of the other podcasts are and they still get shit. Like, if you worry what people think about you, you're never going to, like, never going to have a good product. Mm-hmm. Totally. Can I, can I read my favorite one? Absolutely. Okay, so this comes from uh, Velthus, who's, uh, uh, <laughs> his avatar was anime weeb undergirl zombie pirate girl with tits hanging out and it was very unironic oh good uh now he actually lists in order of quality a bunch of uh different podcasts and shows uh xenos unchained at the top followed by mr happy state of the realm uh frosty tv's mog talk and then us i'm only going to read the us description because it's perfect and we need to start using this and the other ones are like it's not bad but it's not great okay but we need to use this everywhere because this is brilliant okay limit break radio hosted by a bunch of fuck nuts that played 11 and wish that 14 
was 11-2. They have a great bunch of ideas, like Duty Finder as a concept being a horrible idea that destroys the community, and believe never that, said that. I know exactly. And, be- and believe that Yoship is the great Satan sent to ruin their game and deliver it unto the casual scum. Oh my God! Only listen to this ironically, or if you want to hear the hosts get fucking owned by one of their callers, which probably happens once an episode. And hey. no, that never happens because people who would dissent with us never call in. That's true. And I love the guy's response. This is Meldonox afterwards responds to that and says, I think you just sold me on exactly, this Exactly, yes. Yeah, doesn't sound like a chore to listen to whether or not I care about the subject matter. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and spoiler alert, that's exactly it. Like, you know, if you want to, if you want to listen to people drone on about a game and, and, and continually blow it and give it undue praise and, and tell you all the reasons that they think you should keep playing, by all means, go listen to another FF14 podcast. There's a bunch uh, of them. Yeah, there's there. You have no shortage of options to choose from. But the thing is, is that's not what you get here. And I think that that in and of itself, just set up against the other shows is refreshing and refreshing enough that we pull in 449 people on a Sunday or, you know, uh, 30,000 people on uh, on an MP3 download. So, you know, if if you're surprised, if you can't wrap your head around why people would talk about the, a game like this um uh, you know I, I i don't know what to tell you listen he said i, I want I, and there's there's a couple of comments here that that i also wanted to get to wonder turbine um and somebody also also said this in the chat uh a, a couple of minutes a couple of moments ago which i thought was funny um and it says uh uh why are you listening to limit break radio it's like the alex jones of ff14 <laughs> discussion and I, that's i mean that's fine if that's that that's a way to characterize someone's content that automatically Mm -hmm. dismisses them out of hand but the thing that alex jones does that every media personality has always done going 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 back to you know uh lenny bruce and his ability to shock people on stage with the language that he used is that there is as as much as people don't want to admit it or want to bemoan the fact there is an attention economy out of the Mm -hmm. uh, 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 out here and and it is difficult to be able to, you know, because because the thing is, is that getting attention is like akin to promotion. You can't yep. self promote anymore. The only thing that you can do is hold up a, a, a severed Halloween mask covered in fake blood to be able to market yourself anymore. Get enough fucking attention to get your name out there or and, get fired. Exactly. And, and you know, and then, and then suddenly people want to, you know, fucking blow that up as uh, as, you know. Uh, the the reason why fucking things are crumbling like fuck off man like you've got to be passionate you've got to find a unique stroke or a unique way to present mm-hmm. your content so that you can end up standing out from the rest of the bland assholes that are farting out content every fucking week well brother entropy actually replied to that alex jones thing and says is, is a description like that supposed to make me not want to listen to it Dude, a lot of people like like it's a age old radio tactic. If you're the biggest asshole on the air, people are gonna listen. Yeah, and, and there's actually quite a few comments that are defending us as well, which was which surprised me. I'm confused by how many people actually said Aniro had a fake radio voice or was trying too hard. There are multiple voices. By, <laughs> by the way, that guy said uh, that all we want is for 14 to be 11 too. You know, there was a long, long time where I said no, fuck you. That's not what I want. But I'd take it right now over <laughs> what the game is. 
You know what? That's one thing I have changed my stance on. Right now, here now, you'll promise me 11-2 instead of 14? I'll take it. God no, I, I 100% disagree with you on that. I'll uh, take it. Sonic <laughs> Rules actually commented later on, and this must be uh, in response to people who were defending us, uh, considering the elitist attitude they showed during the time <laughs> I listened today, I'm not really all that surprised that you'd stick up for them, TBH. <laughs> Like, no. are they calling out that guy for being elitist? Because I, I mean, no, no, I want, somebody. See, what I want to know is so, that someone who is defending, yeah, someone who was talking. Yeah, so I'm wondering if, like, if these people are like consistently within this forum and they all know each other. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's something awful. Well, okay. Let me explain to you how it works, Nika. Is it's an old school uh, forum system, sort of like the LBR boards were, oh. except <laughs> all of these mental degenerates pay five dollars <laughs> to get in and and pay. Uh, is it 10? Oh, I'm sorry. $10 to get in to have the privilege to be able to post on their forums. And oh. then what happens is that they shell out another $5 to put an avatar on their account or have a piece of flair next to their name or some stupid bullshit. Wait, why These, don't we do that for LBR's forums? Uh, you know, I, I... We were sitting on a gold we mine. We didn't even get 5 Dollars for people to be Starbreakers. How are we going to get them to pay ten dollars just to post? I mean, that's that's. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Rich Kayanka is a smart guy for for figuring out that he had the ability to do that. Yeah. If you're one of the dumb motherfuckers that pays that ten dollars for the right or the the uh, privilege, privilege. To, I'm sorry, yes, the privilege to post on that board, man. Oh, I, why? Why are we even bothering to read okay, these? Hold on, hey, wait hold a minute. On, hold on. Another good one. Another good one. Espelay. He quotes Aniro. I am beginning to appreciate Tanaka. All right, that's my out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, to be fair, I was pretty out of the conversation at that point, too. Like, no. <laughs> okay, he didn't say he agreed with everything Tanaka did. He said he's appreciating Tanaka. There's I can I, I can appreciate Tanaka's attitude. And specifically, specifically, that was actually more in reference to the way that he ran Final Fantasy XI and less of a reference to way, the way that he ran 1.0. Mm-hmm. You can appreciate the way Attila the Hun dominated his I don't opposition. Know. I never really liked the way that he was so hands off with the community. Like I, all I looked at him and I saw a big scary Japanese man who didn't care about yes. anyone. And, 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 and squished them. Totally. Whereas when I, at least when I look at Yoshi P, regardless of the bad things he's doing, he's still more accessible. Yeah, I mean, from from the day one that he took over and he was putting out these like yeah. forum posts and like these letters from the producer that were, you know, that he would put out and say, hey, th this is what I want to do. What do you guys want to see? I was like, wow, this is leaps and bounds above Tanaka. But, the, but that that attitude that Tanaka had for 11, that was fuck you. This is the way that it is. I appreciate that. Like, like far more than this, like, oh, well, we'll see what we can do about making single action combos. Like, no, and, uh, yo, this is where Yoshi P like a, in a moment like that is where Yoshi P needs a little bit more of Tanaka where he's he needs. Too, oh, you're right. He's a little too passive and he is actually someone who's afraid of the bad criticism. I yeah, I, I yeah. agree. He I actually, I agree more. Um, and just a little oomph into his fighting speed. See, I feel like I feel like if I had ever gotten a chance to, you know, to to challenge Tanaka, that he may have actually fist fought me, right? You know, <laughs> he like, fist fought you and then banned your character. Yeah, and laughed when you made a GM call about it. Right. Yes. Exactly. No, like he might have whipped out a katana and like you know finished you off right then and there, severed your head. 
Uh, so I think, you know, like that's that was my point by saying, you know, I appreciate at least a little bit of Tanaka. I wasn't saying like yeah, not everything is, he did this was is, great. Yeah, this is not a movement to rehire Tanaka. No. I just want to be very, very clear about this. Um, here's another one from Leo Fish. I clicked in for about 30 seconds and they were dumbstruck at some guy calling in to say that there's a huge demand for single button consolidated combos in PVE. And that is why it's bad to cater to casuals. Yeah, that's pretty I'm, much. I'm I still mean, dumbstruck about that. I am And I too. don't frankly believe it. Okay, the people on Something Awful think that moving towards a single button combos would be a good thing. They also they also think that paying $10 is a good idea to allow them to post. Clearly, we're not dealing with a group of people who have all of the marbles. They don't. They're just... They... Fucking is it 1998? Like, why are you paying $10 to post on a goddamn forum? Now they're going to go back and look. They're going to look up my forum account and go, oh, well, this guy's a goon, too. Why is he? Because I was dumb enough to pay that ten, oh, that $10. No. Yeah, that's no. right. That's right. I, I did it at one point, too. Did you, you did really? Not. That was specifically because Juxta was running a uh, D&D type campaign through something oh. awful, like using something awful people, and Juxta, I wanted to be part now, of it. Now, Juxta, so. you paid for it, too. Oh, Juxta's absolutely, Juxta's the longest standing goon of all of oh, us. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's just me and Nika who haven't? Right. Nika's like, actually. Well, yeah, no, because I had heard of something awful, but honest to God, I didn't know anything about it until, I didn't know anything about its structure until just now. So here you go, something awful gay lords. We're goons. Fuck off. Ha ha. Go dumb post shit. On there. I don't care. Like, like that's the thing is I, I've always kind of known that at some point the goon swarm is going to come down on us. And and the thing is, is f- fuck you. I've been I've been a part of your community. I see what shit you guys fucking come up with. Man, go back to making Slenderman posts and quit fucking. Uh, like, is that where Slenderman came from? It is. Oh, Slenderman. Wow. Slenderman. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some really cool shit on something oh, awful yeah. that exists on something awful. And some great discussions that I've been a part of on something is awful. Where, is that where the. Uh, SCPs all started and I you know I don't think so okay. I don't I think uh, the the SCP is a different thing I think that I think that was an unfiction okay uh, forums thing and a lot of a, them were born out of creepypastas and it, stuff like well that, yeah. and creepypastas uh, uh, you know between the unfiction forums and something awful forums that's where a lot of those okay. you know kind of trace their origins back to um, hashtag bring back the LBR forums no no never <laughs> nope go, go fuck yourself how about that no, no. <laughs> oh SCP was 4chan oh okay Fair I did not know that. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, 4chan is the other. Th- that's sort of the unspoken one. That's yeah. that's the one that no one really we, likes we to mention. We all know about it, we don't talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the embarrassment of everything. Everyone, really. Anyway, all right. Um, that's going to do it here, guys. It's um, hotter than balls. It really it's is. It's really hot in my house here. Yeah, too. and, and so we, we we let this thing run over by a while. So, um, again, thank you for your calls, uh, for your comments on uh, something awful, you dumb shits. Um, and uh, also, uh, uh, thank you to uh, Fusion X for joining us today uh, to talk about his hands-on experience with the uh, Stormblood Media Tour. And one that, you know, we really did 
um, we were looking to, to to be able to figure out how to get out there. And then the opportunity for E3 yeah, kind it, of fell in our lap. Yeah, and it, it was, was like we had to we had to make a choice. And, you know, um, we should be able to make that worthwhile to all you guys. I, I think we will. Yeah. I, I think I think like once you guys end up hearing the E3 content from both final encounter cast and from checkpoint i think that that decision is is gonna end up really end, uh, end up paying off some dividends because you know one of the the most um well-liked shows that we've we ever do is our fan fest coverage mm-hmm. and so we're looking to do something similar from our fan fest coverage with the e3 2017 coverage so um look forward to that we're going to be super excited to uh to to be presenting that to you all right guys that's going to do it here for limit break radio i want to thank everyone for listening everyone who's been hanging out in studio and, and apparently all- I think that we're recording we we are we are much very much live oh no yeah we are Be definitely live. how do you take live calls if this is a fucking recording Be impressive the, the, we must have pre-recorded those two. Oh, oh oh no let me tell you something i did that for voices of anadiel and no <laughs> we'll never do that ever no nope. it's the worst thing you've ever imagined it literally is all right i want to thank my crew of course kooky persona who's been hanging out organizing and uh passing your calls along to us we've also got scurrow who helps us out on youtube getting everything that uh, is streamed through twitch over to youtube YouTube. If you have a co- if you have a complaint, um, forward it to him because he's the one who oversees all that. Uh, and of course, I want to thank my hosting crew, Juxtaposition, for joining in very late. Thanks for showing up, I guess, and saying like five things the entire fucking show. Yeah, but they made us laugh for uh, Yeah, well, I mean, one, one of, of them, them did. did. One of them did. That's better than normal. Escalia, yeah. Ra- Ryumasa, Nika Kayanian, and. What, what's your fucking name? Why am I blanking? Kalo Landis. Kalo Landis. I'm a Nero. <laughs> I'm a Nero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Aniro Grigori, Kalo Landis, Kuki Persona, and Juxtaposition. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Satori Komeji, Dark Flux, Null Packet, Shira Hartslot, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at DiamondMM.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Music